Welcome to episode 211 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Righto guys, welcome along to episode 211 of I Am Talk with Coach Sean Houston and Bevan James Oz. How you going mate? Very good Bevan. Do you think I forgot then? No. I, I'd actually, I actually went for dramatic pause. Worked well, worked yeah. a treat. You like that? Yeah. Uh, what, what's the goss John, quickly? No goss. No goss. No goss. I've oh, got a great show this week John, you know why? Why? Because every week's a great show on I Am Talk. Everyone's a winner. <laughs> I am Talk is proudly brought to you by coffeeswithy.com. Enter the discount code or go to www.iamtalk.me, find the link, and then you get some great I am Talk specials. And athlinks.com. Social networking for endurance athletes for all your results, tracking, and social needs. In this week's show, we've got a bit of news, we've got a website of the week, we've got an interview with Heather Wirtle. She's lovely, eh? She's no turtle. She's, She's no turtle, Heather Wirtle. <laughs> <laughs> she smoked everybody at uh, the new Iron Man St. George a few weeks ago, so we thought. Be a good time to catch up with her. Yeah, interesting life she leads too, eh? Smart lady. Yeah, yeah. And uh, questions and answers, and then oh, we've got a joke of the week, haven't we? Joke of the week. Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah. Okay, news is proudly brought to you by xtry.com. Go on to xtry to check out the latest news, reviews, and interviews with the stars. And the first piece of news this weekend, John, well, it was Lanza Roddy. Iron Man Lanza Roddy. Some pretty good racing. They had uh, very, very good conditions. So that meant fast times. I mean, course records um, on the bike and an overall course record for the men's winner. And Nico Lanos had to come from well behind off the bike and ran a two-hour fifty marathon, which was only it was only the second fastest marathon of the day. Oh, was it? Uh, he, yep, the guy got fourth. Garrett Schnellens ran two forty-seven. Wow. So Nico Lanos, as you'd expect, right up there in the swim, came out in forty-nine oh two. Rode a 4.53 and then ran a 2.50. But if we look at third place, Mark Twelsick, I think I say say Twelsick, he rode a 4.40, which is sensational on that course. Yeah, it's pretty amazing, isn't it? But then ran a 3.07. Yeah, and that um, that broke Thomas Hellriegel's 15 year old course record. Wow, that's pretty impressive. The big thing was, um, from what I read, it was was a fast day, and the reason it was fast is because there wasn't much wind, which is normally a, a real issue over there. So obviously, the terrain is still tough. But a good, good friendly day, and well, apparently Bert Jammer. Yep, he's yeah, won yeah. a couple of times. Well, apparently he, he, we had a pretty good fight. Alanis took the lead at halfway, and then mm-hmm. he, he kind of, kind of gave up, and then got back into it. Got within thirty-five seconds of him, but then Alanis yep. kind of put them under tow to win with about six k to go. So it looked like they were yeah pretty close coming off the bike there. Mm-hmm. Actually, they're both swimming forty-sevens, not forty, forty-nines. Yeah, and. Uh, yeah, so good, good racing about James second, Mark Twelsick third, Jarrett Schnellens, um, as said, ran 2.47 to come home, um, but he was 20 minutes off the pace. Uh, the winning time was 8.37 and 8.39, 8.42, and then Jarrett Schnellens was uh, 8.56. So, good racing on the good... Uh, well, was it course record, course record. Course record, beautiful, love you work, Lannis. Um, but the girls is probably a more interesting race because Katrina Morrison took off, you know, came out of the water about uh, just behind, um, I think it was behind Hillary. Yeah, he was first out of the water, and then <coughs> dying. She was biking. I'm not at some stage on the bike, and I'm not exactly sure where it was. She broke her no, chain. I'm okay. She I'm okay. Like, I'm not worried about you. Don't worry. Um, she so, must go on. So she broke her chain and was left 
doing a Chrissy on the side of the road for anywhere between 35 and 45 minutes. Her bike computer, I uh, read somewhere, said she rode uh, 5.13 and her bike split was 5.58. So, so, yeah, so she was on minutes. there a long time and then she came home with a 3.04 marathon. Which That's phenomenal, impressive. eh? It's, it's, it's awesome, but I mean, girls are running fast now, but 3.04 for a female's race, is, is, it's a fast run time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I'd almost would expect that from her. But uh, to come home from and to be well, okay, mentally say, in the let, shape that she Let's was. say she didn't do the bike and then the run may have a difference because maybe the 45 minutes gave her some rest that was good for her or maybe not, maybe it made her lose her rhythm. Yeah. But let's say she, you take 45 minutes of her, her race time, she does a 9.20, look how much she wins the race by. A, a lot. Um, That's phenomenal. That would have been phenomenal and I think that would have been a course record for her as well. Um, yeah. But I think, I think I read somewhere that Paul Newby Fraser's course record was like about a 9.33, so it would have been um, well under yeah. a good day. But it does go to show um, that maybe the, the the rest of the girls there didn't didn't race that well, and then you also look at the time differential between the first guy who went eight thirty seven. You normally basically add about 40, 40, 50, 40. maybe on this kind of course because it's a bit hillier, maybe sixty minutes. That's nine thirty seven, and if she'd uh, you know say she'd gone half an hour quicker, she would have been nine thirty, which is you know about you know close to an hour behind. So I've got to say that the other girls maybe didn't perform. Awesomely, um, Bella Bayless uh, faded a bit in the last 10k. She was leading with 10k to go, and then ended up fourth. And you had an age group of finishing in second place. Um, Louise Collins, yeah. that's, that's awesome. 25 to 29. Apparently, she's an ex rower. Came home in 10:05, so that that was pretty impressive. Tara was, uh, I think, leading off the bike. Tara yeah. Norton. She ended up getting the bike record. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, but she only ran a 3:46, and that's just you know, she. She, she's better than that. She, she could have run a three thirty. Apparently, she's still just getting over the epicam injury. Yeah, so and that was mm-hmm. a, a fifteen months ago. Yeah. Um, but but when you look at the top ten girls, it's it's pretty close racing. You know, there's only 30, 31 minutes or so covering the top ten, which is not a great deal. Joe Carrot, who does epic camp, um, she came home there in ninth and ten twenty four. So a good, good race yep. for her. Um, so interesting racing. Did and, um, uh, Katrina Morris how the epic camp go? Do you know? Stephen Lord had a good race. He qualified for Kona. I think he went about nine. Fifty? No, maybe he went quicker than that. But he qualified for Conan. He okay. rode a five twenty. You, you, you did the math in here. He rode five twenty. Yes. I think he ran three thirty. Yes. And I think he swam about fifty three. That would be around eight forty three. Nine forty three, I should say. Okay. Yep. That's about what he did according yep. to Bevan's maths. Yes. Uh, so that well, I haven't checked out the rest of the guys. Um, one thing that I was thinking about just before was we've, we've gone on quite a bit about the uh, the prize money issue over the last few weeks and how sometimes we're not quite sure what WGC are doing the right thing. We've also got to remember here, you've got Katrina Morrison, who we interviewed in Kona last year, Great winning, winning a lot of races, and she was struggling to get by. So you've got to say, well, WTC, probably a good thing that they're boosting that top end a bit more yep. so the, the winners like her are actually able to make a living from the sport and they're not yep. going to walk away. And, and we had the same discussion with Gina Ferguson you know, a while ago. Um, she was doing really well and, and, and she was not making a proper living out of the sport. She was still struggling to, to get by. So I think... Well, what's been the, what's, okay, I don't know off the top of my head what's the increase of prize money for the winners. Has it actually increased? It has, yeah, because you've got the same prize yeah. pool um, and it's only spread between top five rather than top ten. So I bet, yeah, I bet the chicks were loving she had a you know, bright problem. Yes, so what they, no one would have got money. That, that is true. <laughs> so, so I'd imagine you know all the girls uh, would have paid down to six because their second place was an age grouper. Eh? Definitely would have paid yeah. to six. Only nine, uh, six, sixteen minutes covering the top top six. I would have been loving it. They would have been loving it. They would. <laughs> imagine that if she had gone on and done no one got money. I don't don't think it would have been pretty close because that second place would have. Uh, 
been, say, 35 minutes behind, but she wouldn't get any money anyway because yeah. she's an age group. Yeah, next time I'll be 40 minutes behind. 40 minutes. I'm not going to do that maths quickly. Well, we get a hard time to do maths, don't we? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, we're talkers. Good stuff for all you guys who did Lanzarote. And, yeah, uh, lots, lots of our listeners, I'm sure, did it. So if you're feeling a bit sore today, it's all good. It's a part of the journey. It is. It's all part of the journey. Okay, Iron Cat happened as well, John. Yeah, it was a couple of weeks ago. Scroll down to that one there and then go masculine, 2010. Masculine. It's a masculine. That's what we are, John. We're extremely masculine. Masculine warriors. And this was on a few weeks ago, and we had one of our listeners, Jared Walbridge, oh, uh, up. said oh, he was uh, going over to do it. And then the and we had, I wanted to pull this up because we've got some great names here. Okay. Daniel Fernandez Ledesma. He took it out in 9 hours, 15 minutes. Not oh, a bad solid, time. Solid. 55 swim. Three, uh, 520 and then a 258. Nice. So three. And nice. Carlos Santa Susana Bayona. That's good place. work, mate. That's really nice. good work. I'm proud of you. And this guy who sent us information about the race uh, coming up was Jared Walbridge, and he was in 22nd place in 10 hours, 51 minutes. Love your work, Jared. Love your work. And the girls, there weren't many girls. Okay, you can do the girls' pronunciation. Oh, you know, I've got no hope, John. Tisso, no. Tisso. Uh, Leunda Gondi took it home in eleven fifty one. Yeah, and nice. then we're not going to bother. This is going Sarah Fernandez, Fernandez Sanchez. Nice. And we're going to give the third Sylvia Sylvia Rodriguez Matios. Great names, aren't they? Yeah, bit of Spanish going on there. Spanish got a Spanish flying out the door. I guess that race happened. Okay, what else? Got Ironman Brazil. We didn't do our picks, did we? We didn't do our picks, and I did try. Went on there a couple of times, but. You couldn't join the series, and I tried on Thursday, Friday, couldn't do it. Yeah, so did I. Once we hit weekend time, I'm not doing it. It's over. It's over, it's game over. over, over. So anyway, if you did your picks, well done. <coughs> um, I remember it was coming up this weekend, John. And yet again, I was unable to find much information about who was uh, who's going to be racing over there. There is an article up on... Ironman about uh, Luke McKenzie, who's going over there, he hasn't raced there before, um, but it's more of a profile on him. Uh, but it, the usual contenders apparently are racing Eduardo Stirler, Oscar Galindez, and uh, you also have. It was nice, a little article, you know, it's, it's a good PR piece, but it was it was nice because it was kind of. Here's someone who was brought up for sport, eh? He's talking about mm-hmm. when he was a kid. What was that guy? It's Pauli. Pauli Kuru. He was the one who won the sprint in Ironman New Zealand, wasn't he? Yes. Yeah. Good. Yeah. And um and how his family used to volunteer in at thirty eight K mark, he you know, follow him down to the finish line and stuff like that. Like pretty cool stuff, eh? It is. Yeah. Like you hear Cam Brown talk about that. Cam Brown used to go, always go watch I mean New Zealand as a kid. And, yep. Yeah. So Luke McKenzie, he's uh, won I Man Japan and won a few other races. I think so Malaysia. Malaysia and so China. Look out for him for yeah. stepping up. Funny that he's sponsored by K Swiss and they're one of uh I Man sponsors. They sponsor Iron Man officially, no, did yeah. oh, you think you think there's a conspiracy here, John? You're not saying there's a conspiracy, <laughs> but you're just saying, hey, it's it's a coincidence. It's interesting. It's interesting. Okay. Uh, so Iron Man Brazil. So we don't know who's racing. So good luck who's racing this weekend. Okay, we are going to quickly touch on uh, the jokes in cycling. Yep. So it came out. Came out. Landis. It was kind of obvious. Uh, he was. It was always. But how busted. do you sleep at night? That's what I wonder. How do you? How do you go? For, how do you? You know, you write a book about it. Yeah. You know, like that. You know. It's just bizarre. Yeah, like I find it really interesting. Like, and he's kind of brought out Armstrong, and you know what? I don't know if Armstrong's done drugs or not. You know, it's hard to know. But you've got no credibility. Yeah. You know, like Armstrong can just say, "Well, look at the guy. He's, he's written a book about. It. He's a liar." You know, like. It, I think it's not. Uh, it's. 
don't think this is just not going to change anything. It's just you know we've had so many people come out now and say that this is it's it's, it's part of the sport and it, it seems to be fading out. Um, but but who, who would know? The only people that know are the people that are really involved in the sport at that level, and everybody else is just going to speculate. But so many people are coming out now that um yeah. So I suppose the question I have, if you're, I always go um, Landis. Landis. If you're, if you're Landis, and you've digging this hole, you know, if, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, and you've lied to everyone you know for the last mm-hmm. five years of your life, or however long it is, wouldn't you be better just to keep the lie? I don't know. It's, uh, but I think when you, when you so, well, a lot of people who are, who are, who are liars, they, they just, yeah. you say it enough times, for long enough, you almost believe it yourself. I wonder what the tipping point was. Was it just? It, apparently, it's because he ran out of money. And oh, okay. Yeah, basically, he ran out of money, and it, well, this is what I read on some internet website. Yeah. <laughs> but they ran out of money and just thought, bugger it, I'll go and uh, yeah. come out. So, interesting times. Epic Camp John, what's happening? Epic Camp New Zealand is now officially open for registrations. So if you want to be involved in that, what come to New Zealand. It is, uh, it is the week before. Is the website up? If I go to the website now, no, will it be up? No. Oh, sharp no, it up. No. This is, this is early. This, this is, is like the first official announcement. This is for the, the early people who want to get in before. Only the cool people know. Before everybody else. You've got your so, mates, oh, you hear about Epic Camp? go, no, the site's not up and on. You go, wow, you should have said I am talking. That's right. Yeah, so if you want to get involved in that, we, uh, it's going to be a, a very cool route. We're going to be riding a lot of roads I haven't ridden before, which um, we've heard a lot about. We're Where you starting in Dunedin. Oh, um, done it. A couple of days in Dunedin, and there's some fantastic riding there. We then zigzag our way up to Queenstown, um, going across okay. to Middlemarch, and then across to the, the thriving metropolis of Gore. Oh, the Gorians. <laughs> and then up to Queenstown, spectacular place, and then we're cruising through to Wanaka, and then part of the camp will be doing uh, Challenge Wanaka, either, oh, cool. either the half or as a team in the full, or the full if, if people choose. Oh. So looking forward to that. It'll be cool having a race at the end of a camp, and we, we all know we've gone on Eight day Challenge camp. Wanaka. Eight-day camp. Yep. Solid stuff. No easy days. No easy days. Mm. It's on like Donkey Kong. Okay, then. Uh, Greg Bennett is officially an American. Yeah. So was a bit, bit he was Australian, isn't he? Yeah, but he, and he's raced, uh, he raced in Beijing. Uh, no, he didn't, no, he didn't race in Beijing. Sorry, he raced in Athens, finished fourth. Looked like he was almost going to run the guys down, and, and he's been a true blue Aussie for, for a long, long time. He has been living in the States for, for, for quite some period, but... Um, interesting to see if it's, uh, it sounded like it was more so he could support his wife, Laura Bennett, um, as she goes for 2012. Well, why would him being a... Because he's her coach, and maybe for him to be part of that setup, he needed to be an American citizen, American coach. Because it seems an odd sure. time in his career, because let's be honest, he's towards the end of his career, mm. and, you know, like he might have a couple of years in him, but he's kind of, you know, he's, at the later, he's in the twilight, John. Mm-hmm. And you kind of think, well, why would you change now? It probably is a bit easier if he was wanting to qualify for the Olympics uh, to make it through the American team. Um, now you've had Andy Potts sort of shift to... to Who are the American racing. guys right now? I don't know Kemper's still around, but... Well, we've got this new guy, Sharabot. Um, he's not bad, but I'd say Greg Bennett... Um, Why doesn't America dominate triathlon? Well, you think population, you think the number of people doing triathlon... You know, look at New Zealand, how many people do triathlon, realistically. Mm. It's a small number, and you, you get... A few people doing I mean, like I suppose per head of population, you know, mm-hmm. it's probably a high number percentage wise, but we've still only got four million people in New Zealand. Yeah. You think of someone like America, you know, millions and millions of people and it does have a good population of triathletes. It does. Why but, don't they, why but, don't but, they but, breed but, the elites? Yeah, maybe it's it's more of a an age group of sport over here, whereas we've we our high performance athletes in New Zealand have a very, very good profile, so people see it as a viable option. 
Whereas maybe when you're going through the school system in the states, then you don't. You go to running, or you, you go, go to, to running, and yeah. you go to get a scholarship at a tra- at, at a university yeah, if you're yeah. a good runner. So you got a few good you got a few good Americans. You got Jared Schumacher who's coming off a running uh, is a good runner, won a world championship race. Um, I, I, I know, I know, but in my mind, you kind of think, well, America's so big, it should dominate it should, sport. Yeah. yeah, they've got yeah. some good girls, but but yeah, nobody, no champions at the moment. And we also had in the uh, the, the tour of California. Um, oh, that's right. Yeah. Two triathletes <clears> going <throat> and, and uh, seeing how they could fare against the top top uh, some of the top cyclists in the world. We had uh, Chris McCormick uh, went over and did it. Uh, it was a thirty, I think it was a thirty-three k individual time trial. And Chris Lieto, Macca, and Chrissy Wellington couldn't see any results from Chrissy Wellington. But Chris McCormick finished in 55th. He was did a uh, no, 46, or something, 46 minutes versus the winners 41. Yep. But if you do, the, the times do drop off pretty quick in time trials. So 10th place was 43, so he's three minutes off 10th. Um, and Liado flattered, so he didn't finish that. He pretty Liado flattered because he would have yeah. been, you know, a you know, bit better than Macca. Because Macca is, is a very, very, very strong cyclist, but, but a great runner um, and a great runner. Whereas, you know, say you had Liato and Stadler and stuff; those guys are at the next level up in cycling and. Uh, be interesting to see how they compare. They're not, mm. not going. They wouldn't have won it or anything like that. But I think they would have been reasonably top twenty-ish, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then we've got an email from Tim Gardner. Uh, Outlaw Triathlon. One we haven't mentioned. A new Iron Distance race. Nice. Okay. It's got some cool little um, points about it. The f- fully floodlit marathon, so those running at night can have an amazing experience. Oh, cool. A live band on the run course. I mean, you've got to do multi A Hooters feed station, John. There is a genuine Hooters restaurant in Nottingham who will be volunteering. Have you ever been to a Hooters restaurant? Yeah, you know what's funny about it? I was in it's, where was, it's like, Florida. It's like a family restaurant. Yeah, you don't go around. It's not topless and stuff, is it? No, no, no. But no, and it's not even, it's not like it's kind of girls wearing bugger all, but it's not seedy. Yeah. Because I went in and you kind of think it's going to be a bit like a strip joint. And you went in and it's kind of like a Lone Star. It's a family yeah. restaurant and the mum, dad, and the kids are there. And yeah. Uh, this is quite interesting, and you'd love this. Every athlete will be specifying their own music to be played when they run up the finishing shoot. Oh, that's good. But what would you play? Oh, what would I play coming up the road? Uh, there's a Fat Boy Slim song I love but right here, be, right now. It wouldn't be that hard because it wouldn't you just have like a timing chip system um, at the start of the finishing shoot? You'd run over that, and that would just click into the computer and they'd have yeah, all maybe. the songs. Yeah. I would have thought. Yeah, it'd I suppose it'd be some programming that would do that. Yeah. Um, cool. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, Sky Sports. Well, that could be pretty ugly. Because what if you get two people at the same time, and what that's if, true. you know, and what happens if there's like it's only two seconds of a song, and someone else runs up? That's true. Good point. But if it's a small race, maybe it's not so bad. Well, no, we've got a thousand people. people. Oh, it's, thousand. it's up to nine hundred or something, and uh, capacity is a thousand. Great, great bike course, run course, um, cool as well. Buses for spectators to take them out. Um, to well, a is, is it iron distance? It's an iron distance race. That's why I wanted us to mention it. Well, great, great, great to see that we're getting an iron distance race with this many people. You know, yeah, entering. Okay, and as, obviously it's first year. Yeah, because we haven't heard of it before, and if we haven't heard of it, it can't have existed. That's right. <laughs> okay, so last week on the show, we got through. Wait a second, I'm pulling up the discussion. We got through an email from good old. Uh, how was it, Drago? 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 Deserve. Deserve. No, Deserve. Remember because he actually nice. got it for us. And, and he did send me an email, John, because <laughs> John did send a show, soft cock or not, and I thought it was quite funny. So I used that as a header for it, and he, and he wasn't necessarily too happy about that. Yeah. And he said, Fair in America, yeah. cock is quite an offensive word. And that's the other thing. You guys, Some of you guys have got to think that we're, we're from a different country. Us and, Kiwis, cock, and, cock, cock's like saying hello to someone. Yeah. Go, hey, cock. And also, <laughs> the sm- a small version of a cat that we sometimes call people, for, which has a similar implication to what we call a soft cock. Yeah. Americans find that very offensive as well. What's that? P U S S Y. Oh, really? 
they find you find that very very offensive, and it's like in New Zealand, that's yeah. not offensive whatsoever. So I'm, I'm sorry, team. We have to get, you have to get more worldly, basically. Yes. Like, yeah, we're, we're taking no responsibility for our no immature behaviour. Exactly. <laughs> but anyway, the point was he. Uh, but he, he wrote back and he said he showed his workmates, and they all laughed. I've just got to delete it because he doesn't want to have to give, see a Google search of his name. Right. <laughs> so if you listen to the show, you know, a year down the path in the future, don't look for this discussion because it won't be there. No. <laughs> anyway, he, he pulled out of a race because he was uh, in the swim and he was uh, chundering, dry heaving. And he managed to get through the swim by side stroking, but overall it, was, it just felt rubbish coming out. And then he DNF'd. And he wanted to know whether his decision was uh, mean, meant he was a bit of a wuss or not. Okay, I'll start off. We've both chosen the same first one, so I'll, go, I'll choose someone else. I'm going to go Joshua Crabble. Is it Crabble? Crab. Crab. Okay, considering that you finished this one without help, no one was demanding that your race day was over, you're allowed to sit in transition for half an hour, get your heart rate down, eat some food, and get yourself sorted out, then go out and blast the bike run. There's no shame in doing that if that's what it takes. You're likely... Uh, you likely didn't feel like that was an option at the time, though. It's a game-time decision, and for whatever reason, you decided to pack it in. Don't second-guess it. Uh, Rebecca Jocelyn, it depends if you, what your goal is for a fast time or to finish. I've only pulled out in one race in 10 years, and my partner still brags about his 100% finish record in my DNF. It's just a, such a pity to pull out after training for such a race. If you had the opportunity to do another soon, then you'd forget all about the DNF. Uh, as many of my friends suggest, a great reason just for a slow time makes a post-race beer so much better. Mm, very good. Um, Stuart Gilchrist, I had a similar scenario once. Needed to finish in half Ironman to qualify for the Ironman Australia. Uh, I, must have eaten, I must have eaten something dodgy the night before because race morning I was staring at the big white bus. <laughs> big time. Anyway, I plotted through the race, felt like crap, but kept going since I only needed to finish. Later that week, I almost collapsed at work. There goes a hard man image. Uh, had x-rays, etc. and was told I had... Uh, pneumonia. Pneumonia. I hate the spelling of that one. It is a bit of a tricky Yeah. Man. I'll pee. The, the lesson, uh, sure you could finish the race, but it wouldn't have been the real... It would have been real slow, pretty forgetful, and you'd probably end up sick and miss even more training. Nothing to be gained from racing training when your electrolytes are overdue from vomiting. Mel James, flaccid, as they say, harden up. Pain is temporary from now on. You will have to live with your shame. No, no amounts of sympathy will ease your decision. It's easy to quit, but the consequences are hard. Danger mouse. Nice, good old Neil the Ninja Stafford. Decisions, decisions. I tried out a new saddle at the Gold Coast Half Ironman this year. It rubbed me raw, honest, and big pussy. <laughs> Blisters for a fortnight. Hey, he said that, not us. That's right. Uh, and with, uh, and I withdrew as I couldn't run. What a cock. <laughs> He's letting all the words out. <laughs> I spent hours waiting to leave, watching everyone running. I'm sure John would say you can't learn from these, you can learn from these races about what it takes to push through and come right. You'll always come right, right? You had paid, travelled, tried to let uh, miss opportunity to see what happened when you push through. Don't make up the same mistake again in the future. And Sean O, the porno Barnes, uh, Shane had ended in a DNF, hence your obvious regrets. So chin up, wipe the chin, bar up, and look forward to the next challenge. Don't live your life looking backwards, and next time things go bad, remember this lengthy discussion. It was quite a lengthy discussion, a lot of posts here. Yeah, it was a good one, wasn't it? Yep, it was very good. Well, what's your, your thoughts, Sean? Soft uh, we'll just thank Jago for, it has provided quite an interesting discussion. Yeah. Um, I was thinking if I was in that situation... I would have probably pulled out as well, but I would call myself a soft cock for doing so. Okay, so you'd, you'd, you'd own the badge of soft cock? Yeah. 
Because you, you know that you were. Yeah. No, I think I... I, I but yeah. under those circumstances, you it, think it's fair to be a soft cock? Well, I'm not saying... It, it really... I think somebody said um, it really depends what you're getting out of the race. And yeah. If, if, if it was... If, it's a race. It's but, a big year race. You've got to finish. And if, well, if you're... Um, if you're new to the sport and you just if you are looking to finish I'd say definitely you can you can regroup and you can regroup when things like this happen in the race whether it's the swim, the bike or the run. As I think um Fegan said, you know, you can regroup. You can just stop, have a little break, get yeah. some food, pull over an aid station, get some food on board and you carry on. Sure it's gonna impact your overall finish time but you'll be able to get through it in yeah. most instances. If you're sick as a dog, that's a different story, you know, if you've got a, a flu or yeah, chest a virus infection, or that's like that, yeah. a bit more serious. But if it's just chundering sort of stuff then you can quite possibly get through it okay. So I think I've in my career, which is nearly twenty years now, I've had four DNS. <sighs> Did it hurt, John? A um, couple of them did. Like one was a bike crash that didn't really. Okay, I'll well, give you that say, one. Say three. So three. Okay. What happened to the other three? Two of them were World Cup races, and I was just out of my league. One of them I actually was chundering before the race and went on and just uh, got so smoked in the swim, I probably would have got lapped out anyway. And the other one. Oh, so lapped out? You actually out of the race? Yeah, yeah. So probably. Yeah. I was so like, you took a bit of pride. <laughs> yeah, probably not going to be able to get through this anyway. And a similar one happened in Ishigaki when I raced there at a World Cup race. I was. Uh, and the back bunch, and they're just struggling like hell, and uh, and probably was that a heartbreaker. It was, but probably the worst one was when I was in a junior race favourite for for winning in the New Zealand champs, and just crumbled. Oh really? And, and the idea I, that, that was what I would definitely call a soft cop performance. Where yeah. I just pulled out, and just packed a sad, pulled out, and that's was that a hard pill to swallow? It was, and those are the ones. Yeah, but after that, you know, I've had crappy experiences, and I've just plugged on through. Like the yeah. year when we both did Ironman New Zealand, we both yeah. had crappy races. Could have easily pulled out, but just thought, no, I'm just going to plug on through and get through this. So, yeah. Um, yeah but if I was in that situation where I was chundering, it's easy to sit here and say hard enough and stuff. But I'd, I'd say oh, I'd probably pull out. Yeah, probably. Well, Bevan, what would I do? I've only been pulled out one race. It was a cycle race. Yeah, and uh, I was racing A grade. Yeah, and I, and I was feeling pretty confident with this race because Chris McDonald it was the crushish stage burden. Yeah, and I heard that Chris McDonald won it, so I yeah. thought, well. You know, and I was riding pretty well at that time. I thought I could put maybe win this race, eh? So I took off, and and the, the it was pretty quick from the start, mm. and I was just a bunch bunch, but I was, I was managing to stay on. But then I just for life of me couldn't make it work, and and then I got dropped off the bunch, and then the next bunch caught me, and I got dropped off that, <laughs> and and then I was like with the slow bunch, and I even got dropped off that, and I ended up pulling out, and it was a bit of a heartbreaker, but I, it was either that or ride home, <laughs> I like, like about eighty k's by myself, and yeah. but luckily to my defence. My my um, break was rubbing. Uh, yeah, and I didn't realise rubbing. Yeah, they were break rubbing. So that was my my one out. Yeah. But that was definitely mentally. I just gave up, and that was yeah. And that situation, I don't know. It depends on the race. If it was my A race, it's kind of hard because if you're a top athlete in your A race, you want to be competitive. Yes. So you're hoping to maybe place or get in your age group or win the race or something like that. So if, you know, let's say it was for me doing Wanaka this year. And I had a shit swim, and I got a water, and I was, you know, thirty minutes behind the top guys. Well, then maybe it would be worth because what's the point? Mm. But then at the same time, I do kind of have that pride of that if you enter a race, you finish it. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think I can kind of see why you pull out in that situation, especially if you're actually a little bit newer to the sport. Mm-hmm. For people who are more experienced, you kind of know that you can get over these things. You've, mm-hmm. you've done enough training to know that you have bad moments in training that you can turn around. Whereas if you're newer to the sport, you don't know that. You could be thinking worst case scenario. So. It's a bit of it depends on where you're at, but I, I think probably the best thing is that you you are feeling guilty about 
perhaps pulling out, and it probably, yeah. probably won't happen again. And yep. that's, I think, the real danger. The thing you've got to be really careful of is soft cocking out, soft cocking out of races and tricky situations. So maybe um, not necessarily pulling out of races, but just throwing up the white flag and saying, oh, I'm just going to cruise through this because I'm feeling crappy. So you've got to be so careful with that. You've got to keep... You know, you've got to fight in races for all you've got, and um, and, and especially in Ironman and, and long-distance races, as you often will come right. If you have a crappy bike, Rote, for example, for me, it's having a crappy bike all the way through yeah, and got off run. and had a great run, yeah. and, and my finish time was about what I'd, I'd sort of hoped for. So you just got to be patient with long-course racing. And that's, that's one thing that's good about long-course racing. It can be forgiving. Mm. You know I mean? Whereas in a short course, like it's in a game sprint, over, yeah, right? yeah. If, if you lose five minutes, it's your it's race. And, well, if you're trying to be competitive at least. Whereas in, in long course, you know, like I've had races where just had too much nutrition, my stomach's just going crap. You know, mm. you just have water for half an hour, half an hour later, you're fine. And yep. it can be forgiving for that reason. So, yeah, I think the thing is you didn't mentally give up because it was a tough moment. It was, you know, you are worried about the sickness. So I think we'll let you off this time. Don't let it happen again. Don't let it happen again, okay? <laughs> and I'll delete the post tomorrow, okay? <laughs> so, um, okay, this week's discussion. So we were struggling for a discussion, and uh, obviously when John's struggling, he just puts Bevan to choose. But you actually came up with one. Okay, so a couple of weeks ago we had Jonas Colting on the yep. show. He was talking about the World Championships and how Kona is, you know, you're not racing for your country, whereas, say, the World ITU Champs, that yep. is a country, country um, by and country race, and you're selected it, by your national federation. That appeals to him a little bit, like he knows he's not going to win Kona, but it does like the idea of putting on the Swedish flag. Yep. So if the if um, the an appropriate system could come up, uh, WTC could come up with an appropriate system where there was a country allocation of slots. That'd be great. Um, so you were selected by your national federation. So let's say, for example, New better? Zealand had five slots. And America had, or say, yeah, whatever, or one slot per age group or something like that. And America, obviously, a bigger place, maybe, yep. I don't know, five slots per age group, something something like that, whatever. But if, if there was a system in place where you were selected by your national federation rather than going through a qualifying process, would you like that or do you prefer the status quo? Mm, this is, I think this is a good discussion. As a side topic to this, interesting that I heard the other day that um, at I, this is a little bit of gossip. Ironman New Zealand, they really had to fight to get six, sixty slots, really, um, and that's down from eighty. And it goes fifty next year, doesn't it? Fifty next year. Apparently, they had to fight, really fight to get those. And it's such a significant drop, mm. you know, to lose twenty slots for it in one year. Although it hasn't hurt the race, sold out. Yeah, that's true. You know, so interesting. Anyway. Interesting. It's interesting what's happening in our world, John. That's right. Okay, let's put some music on, John. Oh, thirty minutes for the. News is right. I'll talk about this. Was last week a record show? 1 hour 35? Let's have a look. You, you keep talking. Anyway, um, we're going to have to have a look at these websites of the week because I haven't actually looked at them yet. So, uh... Uh, Okay, well, I'll put some music on and then we'll tell them how long the longest show ever was. Yeah. Here we go. Website of the week. And uh, we, we, to be honest, we were a little bit confused by this one, but uh, good old Kat Warburg has said through this one. And uh, she's saying that basically there's a website called www.stephill.tv and then it's got slash, how does that one? Giro d'Italia. Giro which is obviously a race. Um, <laughs> Just a race. <laughs> Bevan, hang your head in shame. Hang your head in shame. Probably the second or third biggest race in the world. He did well, didn't he, this year? No. 
Oh, I thought so, so. yeah, some and of our sprinters were doing okay. Um, yeah, one of our guys got like fourth in stage, didn't he? Yep, old Greg Henderson and Julian, Julian Dean, Dean is doing some very good lead out work. Apparently, yeah. he's the main lead out guy for his team. But anyway, it's steephill.tv, and you can go on there. So this is perhaps really good for for Kiwis and what have you. Um, apparently, you can go on there and watch live coverage of the race through through Eurosport. It may not be Eurosport English. But anyway, you can get on there, and it has uh, a lot of the other races as well, um, a lot of the tours, and you can just basically click click through and. Yeah, I'm thinking we're, we're kind of playing around with it. We're thinking that maybe it links you to the TV pro- shows that will be showing them on the internet or something like that. Or we're not 100 percent sure exactly how it works, but but also they've got the course preview, they've got route maps, um, links to the GPS profile. So if you're planning a trip to the Dolomites or to the Tour de France or anything like that, you can actually see where these these courses are going. And just a good live resource, and that's something we don't get. You don't get much live cycling coverage in New Zealand outside the Tour de France, but they have been covering the Tour of um, California. But this is a good link to get some live TV access. Mm. So yeah, for those of you who love watching cycling, this is a great website, steephill.tv. And thank you, Kat. Just as a side note, John, you keep butchering the name of the German triathlon team of Norman Stadler. It's Commerce Bank, it's, and it's spelt. Co- no, that's how you spell it. But how you say it is Comerzbank. Comerzbank. Uh, Comerzbank. It's something like that. But it's only said. It doesn't really matter if he butchers the name or not. That but, is uh, man. No, Kat, we love you. But, guys, you can't give us a hard time about names, okay? How many years have you been listening to us? <laughs> it's a new role. <laughs> when have we ever, ever got names right? From day one, we established that we're hopeless with names. And you may have noticed more and more as the years gone on, we say them less because we know this. We don't do the results so much because, hey, we butchered them. You may notice that I never say names at all. I just always (laughs) leave it to John. And there's a reason for that because when you know you're not good at something, you sometimes have to pull away from it. And back it up. But if you want to help us say your name properly and you want to break it down for us, we will use that. Do that. And we encourage that behaviour. We do. But, you know, just just accept that if you're going to be an IM Talk listener, sometimes you have to just go, okay, well, those guys are morons. Those guys are morons. Laugh at us. Laugh at us. That's right. Laugh out loud at us. And we're just looking at to see if the last week's show was a, a record. And interesting, our first show we ever did was 16 minutes long. Yep. 16 minutes of quality, that was. <laughs> did you, have you listened to it recently? Not recently. Neither, but it's, I remember it being pretty boring. Yeah. We basically just give profiles on ourselves and say, oh, we think we're going to turn this into something. But we think uh, last week's show, outside of, say, Epic Camp reports or when we're in Kona, we think was our, our longest show. Yeah, it's our longest. Thirty-five. Yeah, longest weekly show. Our longest show ever was an hour forty something. That was when we were in uh, Kona. Kona, and that was with Katrina Morrison, which is Anna Lou Biscay, both of them mm-hmm. racing last weekend. Mm-hmm. So um, both of them great chicks. Okay, then. So uh, yep, uh, that's our website of the week. Oh, what did I do there? We figured it out. I, I don't know what happened, but anyway. Um, so now we might do music. No music interview now with. Heather, we're going to give her the game. We're going the to turtle? Give her the, Heather Turtle Wordle. Turtle Wordle, you, you got a new nickname, Heather, and I'm sure you've never heard that one before. <laughs> never, ever. It's original. <laughs> Here we go. Here's Heather Wordle. Turtle Wordle. Turtle Wordle. There's a song there. There's a turtle on the Wordle. Good. <laughs> Tra- trademark it. Copyright. Copyright. Patent it. Right, here we go. Hi, we're very happy today to have on the show winner of Iron Man St George, the recent inaugural Iron Man. And she dominated too. Dominated, dominated the dojo. So here the word, welcome along to the show. Yeah, thanks so much. I'm really glad to be here. Cool. 
Hey, so obviously, um, you know, you're, you're relatively new on the scene. Um, we can go through some of your, I mean, your other results. You've won Ironman uh, Coeur d'Alene and had some other fantastic results. But perhaps the guys, the listeners outside of the states, may not have heard a lot about you. So maybe fill us in a bit about your your background coming into triathlon and and some of your achievements over the last sort of um, 24 months or so. Right. Well. Um... <clears throat> When I won Ironman Coeur d'Alene in 2008, I was actually still working full-time as a scientist for Natural Resources Canada. Uh, So (laughs) it was just one of those things that uh, I wasn't necessarily expected to win. (laughs) But before that, I had done the Boise 70.3, and I was third. uh, And I was fifth in Wildflower that year, too. So I just sort of kind of caught some people's attention, I guess, that year. And then uh, with the win at that race, that's what kind of was the real motivation to think, oh, well, you know, maybe I could make a career out of this and actually train full-time. So at the end of that summer, uh, so the summer of 2008 is when I uh, sort of looked into working part-time, and then eventually my husband and I uh, started training full-time just this past, so we've been doing it for a year now. Yeah. Time. So, so when you won yeah. Coeur d'Alene, was that like a total surprise? You know, like obviously fifth in Wildflower, that's a pretty good field, so you knew you were up there. But, you know, to go a full-time athlete to go and win Coeur d'Alene, you must have been over the moon. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was, <laughs> I was super excited. Um, you know, it's funny. With I think from working and training, you really learn how to be uh, really efficient with your time, you know, and I, I've always been someone that I – I just like the long distance stuff, so I, I I kind of have always felt stronger the the farther I have to go, you know. So when I had that the nice hilly ride in Cordelaine too, and I just knew that it was a course that that suited me. So I just I kind of was so relaxed going in because there's no real expectations, and uh, I just ended up having a, a stellar day, you know. Yeah. And uh, so it it was just one of those things that. I find if I can get in that framework where I just really push myself, but I, I'm kind of oblivious to everyone else, and things just tend to go my way. So. And what about prior to coming into triathlon, though? What's your sort of background there? Were you a swimmer, runner, biker, none of the above? Yeah, I, think I had that sort of eclectic childhood where you kind of do everything for a year. You know, <laughs> like you play baseball, then you play. Because I'm so tall, I'm six foot two. Uh, I kind of had a prolonged awkward phase when I was a teenager, like all arms and legs, and I really loved doing sporty stuff, but I wasn't very good at a lot of things, Uh, and then I sort of got a bit coordinated in high school, and then, you know, of course, you're playing basketball and volleyball, and um, I liked doing running cross country, but that usually conflicted with the team sports, Um, and then when I went to university, I was actually a varsity rower uh, for the University of British Columbia when I did my undergrad there. but, yeah, I was actually always kind of a, a bit of an academic kind of a geek in school, so I was really focused on uh, that sort of thing. So sports were always kind of secondary. You, you uh, mentioned on your, your website, you know, you were doing a PhD. What, what was that PhD in? Um, it was in plant physiology and developmental genetics. Crikey. Oh, yeah, we, we, we were talking about that <laughs> on here. When we're not talking on the show, that's our next conversation. Yeah. Uh, brainiac, man. Woo, I love your work. <laughs> and, uh, and is that something, you, I mean, obviously you're, you're training full-time, but is that still an interest for you? Is that something you plan on going back to? What's your sort of, um, you know, your passion? Have you got a lot of passion towards that? Yeah, you know, I've always really loved science and um 
sometimes I kind of miss the mental stimulation of, you know, yeah. kind of being on like the cutting edge of, of uh, what's going on in science because I was really trying to understand like fundamental concepts about like the equivalent of stem cells in plants. Mm-hmm. Um, and so <clears throat> I, I do think that I would like to go back uh, and finish and, and maybe continue doing a PhD, but I... I don't know. Sport is so fascinating, and there's so much you can learn about your own body and about physiology of training. And, uh, you know, I really don't know if my focus is going to sort of shift more towards human physiology or something like that. Because, you know, you just don't really know where where sport will take you over the next 10 years. So, yeah, I might have to see what happens with that. And there's something you are doing. Like, I know as an Ironman pro, you're training a lot and you can kind of be consumed by that, but are you actually kind of taking an interest in this and actually kind of upskilling yourself in that area kind of on the side? Uh, sorry, so you're asking if I'm like studying other science stuff on the side? Yeah, or even this human phys- physiology and, you know, that kind of stuff, or is it you just don't have time to do any of that now? No, well, you know, I think I take sort of my analytical scientific mind and apply it to triathlon, you know? Yeah. Like uh, my coach asked me for like a nutrition plan before Ironman Coeur d'Alene, right? So I send him this thing, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to supplement with 30 milligrams of sodium every hour, and I have, like, it all, like, broken down into, like, <laughs> carbohydrate amounts and stuff, and he's like, oh, my God, this is, like, the craziest nutrition plan I've ever seen. And so stuff like that, I think, definitely helps, and I just sort of, you know, focus on on those things and apply it to the sport. So I, I don't find that I, you know, get bored with it because there's so many things in triathlon to think about all the time, you know, how you're recovering it. And for me, nutrition is huge. Like I, I was really just kind of doing stupid stuff in my past races and not fueling properly and not really understanding all that stuff. And now I've started working with first endurance and looking at really like how electrolytes work in your body and all this stuff is, is, has made a huge difference. Like this, first time ever in Ironman St. George I didn't have to make like four porta potty stops on the run you know so those things totally help so tell us a little bit about St. George Um, you know obviously you had a great day there and won the race maybe just talk us through your your swim bike and run and and how it went for you right well um, St. George it's a really interesting place like apparently in May it's usually quite hot and uh not so blustery and and what have you but this year it was sort of unseasonably cool and crazy windy in the days prior to the race so everyone was getting really nervous that it was going to be this heinous like white cap swim and they had like all these like swim evacuation plans and stuff but the the day of it was calm and like the water was cold so probably 15 degrees celsius yeah um but it was calm and it really wasn't too bad you know so for me i'm quite happy with the conditions and um yeah it was a great swim it was my new personal best time i just got into a a nice pack and felt like i could kind of keep the pace easy but just smooth and strong and i know i was with there was one other pink cap in the group and i didn't really know who it was but it was gina crawford and so uh I stood up out of the water like a second ahead of her, but she went sprinting up the ramp. <laughs> so we just had a bit of a slight technical glitch there. I stepped on the internet thing, didn't I, John? So it's oh, man. And, uh, sound people. Yeah. <laughs> Fire those sound people. Heather was just telling us how she was uh, smoked by Gina Crawford coming out of the swim. What happened after yeah. that? Yeah, so people are slick, you know. they they. I always get really bad vertigo when I stand up after swimming, so... Mm-hmm. 
it comes down to a sprint up the, that ramp at the end of the swim. I'm in trouble. But, uh, yeah, so she went past me. <clears throat> and then in transition, uh, <laughs> we all had sort of numb hands and feet. And uh, it was a bit of a gong show trying to get our kit on, you know, because it was cool that morning. So I wanted to put arm warmers on. And I saw Gina kind of struggling to get this, like, full-on polypro top over her head. <laughs> um, and so then I kind of made it out of the first transition ahead of her. And uh, had an incredibly smooth bike mount. <laughs> I could barely feel my feet, so I just couldn't get my one pedal in for the life of me. And, yeah, pretty shameful. But uh, <laughs> once I finally got going, <laughs> uh, then I was out on the bike, and I'm always sort of in my element there. And I just had this really great sort of positive feeling the whole day. You know, my husband and I uh, were lucky enough to be there uh, almost four weeks out of the race, sort of training around the uh-huh, St. George area. And so I knew the course really well. You know, I had almost every day I had, you know, bike commuted on that first, those, over those first two climbs to get to the Washington Community Rec Center to swim train and what have you. So mm-hmm. I knew that really well. Um, and so I just kind of did my thing. And, and I, I just love the course. It's super challenging. A um, lot of terrain on the hills. And the head, the winds were actually kind of opposite from how they had usually been when I was training. So the first, like, so you do this little out part and then you do two loops. And the, there was a really strong headwind on the, the out section, which is all uphill with some steep little kickers sort of thrown in. So that made it extra challenging because not only you're going uphill, but then you have this brutal headwind. Uh, but I just kind of kind of was giggling at like how ridiculous it was and just riding (laughs) and um not really know I didn't really know for a long time actually for the whole first loop I wasn't getting any information about where anyone was or uh anything like that so I was just kind of doing my thing I had the you know the camera in my face the whole time so I'm like okay well this is good you know (laughs) my parents will get to see me while (laughs) while I'm doing the race or whatever uh and then on the second loop actually uh Peter Peter Vebrasek yeah, yeah. Who does like a million Ironmans every year, right? Yeah, like yeah. super, super cool guy rides by. He's like, "You're killing them." <laughs> He's like, "You have a big lead," and I was like, "Oh, cool." <laughs> so, so that was kind of you know motivating. And then, uh, and then I and then I actually heard from like a, a bike guy that was you know part of the race crew or whatever was going by that I had 15 minutes or something like this. Yeah. Um, so then I just sort of kept <clears throat> doing my thing and got into T2, and I guess I was, like, 17 and a half minutes up. Wow. So, so that, I mean, you know, the race isn't over until it's over, but it's, at that point, you're like, okay, I just have to stay strong, and, you know, hopefully I can do this thing. Um, but I definitely never feel like, oh, it's in the bag, because you just, you know, things can go sideways really fast, you know? Like, yep. something could just happen, you can get, like, a brutal cramp, or your stomach can go, or whatever. So I was just like, all right, got to run. And uh, Paul Newby Fraser was actually my lead, like, mountain biker. Yeah. So, like, that's pretty strong motivation not to suck when <laughs> Paul Newby's leading you around on the run course, right? So that was kind of cool. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so then I just, you know, it, it's uh, it's a hard run course. There's some, like, really challenging, it's basically uphill kind of the whole way out with some good climbs. But I kind of like that. It's just sort of a strength course, you know, if I can just stay steady, uh then then it was good so I felt pretty strong for the whole race and uh, my race nutrition really worked well for me so I didn't have any issues nice. uh, tummy was good and I just kind of yeah I what, what sort of things do you have uh, in terms of your nutrition um, 
so I have, so First Endurance is my nutrition sponsor, and I actually sort of discovered that I'm kind of gluten intolerant from doing some of their uh, things on their Team First Endurance website. So cutting that out of my diet prior to the race is huge. And then um, on the bike, I just have their uh, EFS Liquid Shot, which is like a gel but with no gelling agents in it. So that definitely helps with, that's huge in terms of getting enough calories in, liquid calories that are easy to digest. Yeah. Uh, and then they have their EFS electrolyte drink. So I just had the liquid shot electrolyte drink and then some of their, like, gluten-free uh, bar on the bike. And then on the run, it was just liquid shot and water at kind of every aid station. And then I had, um, like, just a throwaway plastic bottle and special needs of, like, the EFS electrolyte drink. And yeah. that's all that I did. Because nice. I really, I don't react well to Gatorade and... So I just kind of had my own stuff in my run belt and just got water from the aid stations. Oh, it's good to see there's some gluten-free stuff out there because uh, it's an issue for quite a few people these days, my kids included. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, you know, I kind of didn't realize how much of a baseline discomfort I had in my life from just having wheat products and all this stuff all the time because it's kind of in everything. And it's just normally in what you yeah. eat. And so you think, oh, okay, well, it's normal to get, like, an upset stomach every day. And, to, yeah, you yeah. know, you just kind of take it for granted. And so when I finally eliminated all that stuff, I was like, oh, my goodness, I feel so much better and I have so much more energy. Um, and now, you know, because I think people are kind of realizing more and more that that these kind of issues exist, that there's so many good gluten-free things yeah. available. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. Um, you, you've obviously done so you've done Canada, you've done Coeur d'Alene, and uh, and now you've done St George. Maybe for the listeners, just give us a just a, a really brief sort of analysis between the two in terms of the course profile and and how they compare. Because all three of those do have hills on the bike, but is this one particularly a lot harder? Yeah, it is. I've um, always only ever raced with a twenty three on the back. Yeah. So. But for court, for uh, St. George, I needed a 27. Right. Really? Wow. Yeah. Like, needed it. Absolutely needed it. Like, I was in my easiest gear um, going up these, like, steep hills, and, 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 and I still had to stand up on the second lap. And you're a strength athlete. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Nice. Yeah. So, you know, like, they're serious. It's serious terrain. Like, you're climbing sort of false flat the whole way out, and then there's these steep hills thrown in. There's this one long um, kind of switchback called, they call it the wall, because it, it's an increasing gradient throughout. And at the end, it's like this is steep, really steep, so you're already fatigued from having climbed for like a kilometer. Yeah. And then it's a steep hill, and then you're getting this massive headwind blast pushing you back. So it was like, yeah, it was serious. And at first, you know, you hear all this hype, and you're like, yeah, whatever, as if it's going to be that hard. Because people, you know, it always gets over-exaggerated when you hear about courses and I'm like oh, Ironman Canada it's hard it's got this climb up Richter Pass and Yellow Lake and Coeur Lane's hard there's all these rollers and whatever but no this is like right away there's a big climb on the highway and just a lot of climbing throughout and the loop is like it's, it's relentless so it's definitely the most challenging bike course I've been on I think you know Lanzarote would be probably harder that's yeah. probably the only one and then the run course I mean Ironman Canada, there's some good hills on that course out along Skaha Lake. Um, 
And I think Ironman Canada is difficult because it's just one out and back. And you get out to the lake and you look way down at the end of the lake and you're like, are you kidding me? I have to run down there before I turn around. So it's kind of like mentally challenging. But this one, because it's two loops, it was kind of broken up nicely. You know, like, okay, I just get to the little out and back here. And then I just get up this hill and get to the turnaround. So for me, I found it mentally like it was a good course to sort of break up. But it was hard in that there were, there were some pretty steep ups, and then it just, like, really smashed your quads coming down. So that was almost more challenging than the uphills for me. Mm, right. So if you want a challenge, sounds like a course for you. Hey, um, did you get drug tested in the race? I, oh, at St. George? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah I did. Good. Oh, great. Good to see. Great. Yes, I think I've been actually drug tested at, like, almost every race I've done, I think. I've got drug tested at Wildflower, drug tested in Coeur d'Alene at both times I did it. Um, right. and I was well, it's good. Testing. They've got their yeah, eye it is on good. You. I think. Yeah, good. So, yeah. Hey, obviously, you know, for you, um, we've been on your website and sort of seen um, how you how you get about, and you basically sold up. Um, your husband is—is is it husband or your partner? Husband. Husband. She said husband. 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 Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you, um, you sold up, and you've you've, you've both given this a, a really good crack, and you live in an RV. I mean, um, how do you how do you make that work for yourself? Are you, are you moving around a lot, or you, you go somewhere and you base yourself there for quite some time? Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of what we do. We we usually drive places and then sort of set up a home base and then train out of there. So. Uh, it's been a year and a bit now, like uh, February of 2009. We both quit our full-time jobs, uh, sold, like we had sold our condo actually in the fall of that year, and we're living out of the RV while we're still working, which was great fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, especially in, you know, Canada in the winter. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, so we, we saved up sort of money from that, you know, because we didn't want to go into being pro athletes, you know, with debt and with, we wanted to have enough money in the bank that we could at least, like, eat for a year, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. even if we didn't win any races, we could survive. Um, and so, yeah, so that's what we did. And we took off down to Southern California. So we were kind of based out of uh, the Solving area. It's, yeah. like, the really nice sort of quiet area of California, Wicked Riding, the, the Tour of California time trial went through there last year. Um, <clears throat> yeah, and so we just trained out of there. Uh, for over the winter, mostly because you know we had some friends that would let us park on their ranch for free. Nice. So we kind of just go where you know you don't have to pay rent, you don't have to pay a mortgage. We just sort of live out of our camper. We have to pay for food and like membership to Y, yeah. you know, to get in the pool. What's um, it like? Um, what's it like as, for the relationship? You know, like obviously. Um, both doing the same sport brings certain stresses to the relationship, but also, you know, living in an RV together, you know, is, is that bringing its own challenges? Um, you know, it, it was more challenging when we were working and didn't see each other. Oh, okay. um, but but we really just get along fabulously well. I, I honestly, I don't know how many couples could deal with living in a like twenty three foot RV and going around and training, but. We spend most of our time outdoors or, you know, in the pool doing our thing. So it's not like, you know, we're cooped up in it a whole lot. You know, yeah. we kind of eat and sleep there. Um, but we really just enjoy each other's company and get along. And it, it, we're, like, just having a blast doing it. So we're pretty laid back about it all. I mean, the only times we have real conflicts is if we have low blood sugar, <laughs> you know. <laughs> like, after a hard workout, you're just cranky and hungry. And that's kind of the only time we ever fight and it's like honey you know okay have some food <laughs> 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 and then things are, are better after that but 
I mean, we both just love training and sort of pushing each other and, um, yeah, just going around. And we've got to see so many amazing places in North America, and it's really an advantage. Like, we just drove to St. George, you know, for a month before, and yeah. we're able to spend some time there and really get to know the course, so that's cool. And how is it, I mean, do you, do you train together most of the time? And obviously he's, he's your, your husband Trevor's a little bit quicker than you. Do you train together or do you sort of do your own thing? And, and how is he finding it? Maybe um, you know, you're winning races and he's not necessarily winning races at this stage. How's that sort of working? Yeah, um, we train together in the pool. Uh, we're fairly equal there, so it's good. We can, like, push each other uh, in the water. Although I finally smoked him in this race, which I was pretty excited about. <laughs> usually, he beats, usually he beats me by, like, 20 seconds or something out of the water. Yeah. So. Yeah, so that was good. Uh, <laughs> but so in the water, we, yeah, we trained together. And on the bike, you know, we may set out together at the same time. Uh, and then, you know, he'll take off or and we'll sort of meet up at certain points on the loop or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Um, he's definitely a good carrot for me. Like if I need to go and do some really hard intervals, I just kill myself to try and stay on his wheel kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and then running, yeah, we, we do that individually. But again, every now and then he'll help me, like, pull out some really hard sort of pace intervals or something like that Um, but for him he has I think has a a, he's going to have a breakthrough soon he has a lot of talent that doesn't seem to be coming out in races like because he can just rip my legs off riding but it it took him like a long time into the ride at St. George to catch me and that's just shouldn't happen you know like he usually catches me kind of right away out of the water if he's behind me or he'll be in front of me usually so we're just sort of trying to work out uh, what's going on there. And, and now we're both working with uh, Nick White from Carmichael Training System. Yeah. Yep. And, and I think that's really going to help. I mean, already just I've only been working with him for a couple months and having structured intensity training and stuff like that. I mean, we've kind of always just been doing long aerobic stuff. Mm-hmm. So I think we have a good base, but just getting that speed and uh, taking things up a notch there is really going to help both of our performances. And how are you finding it making a living? You know, you said you got some capital behind you, you know, you sold up. Um, are you finding you are actually now able to make a, a living from the sport and you're not delving into your savings? Well, you know, it was getting pretty tight. Uh, it's, it sure is, that was definitely a lot of motivation to win this race. <laughs> yeah, really, really. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, last year uh, I was third in Coeur d'Alene. And, you know, it's not bad, but that's $5,000, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Like, that's not a whole heck of a lot of money. And, and uh, you know, second in, um, like, Stevens, and I won some Canadian races. But, you know, it's like a grand here and there. And so, you know, we had enough to eat, and but money is definitely kind of going out more than it was coming in. So um, this race it was definitely huge, and I think um, having won my second one, and people are kind of going, oh, okay, so she's not some sort of one-hit wonder, you know, and uh, she has potential maybe to do well in the sport for a longer period of time that sort of sponsors are taking notice and I'm getting, you know, uh, a little bit more. Like, you guys called me up, right? So, exactly. <laughs> yeah, a little, yeah, a little bit more recognition. So that will hopefully help things. Um, you know, as sort of an academic, and we don't know how to, like, be good at the horse and pony show and, like, really market ourselves and yeah. stuff. So. That's definitely a challenge. Is like, okay, well, what do we do to like actually, you know, get money um, at this? So, yeah, it's definitely tight. It's but I think you know we're getting there and uh, we're we're not starving yet. So 
And, and how do you sort of get treated, like, say, by the WTC and race organi- maybe other race organisers? I mean, um, you know, you, you've obviously won Coeur Lane. Did they assist you getting to St George, or you basically, you know, you just rock up and do it and, and you get your price check? Um, is that Do you get much assistance being a sort of a, not an up-and-coming pro, but you're sort of a fairly new name on the block? Uh, you know, it, it, it has varied. Uh, before they had this pro licence, you know, it really varied from race to race. Some race organizers would be like, yeah, Wicked, come, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll give you an appearance fee, you know, like $1,000 to help you. Because I had one quarter lane, you know, it was mm. like, okay, yeah, we'll help you get here. But others, it's like, no, we have to pay full price to get in. And uh, mm. so it was kind of random like that. So now, um, yeah, I did, get, I did get assistance to get to St. George. Nice. Um, but because I'm Canadian... They take thirty percent off of everything, right? With, with the with the taxes. So oh, really? so it's like I won ten grand, but I really get seven grand, and then I have to like file to get the withholding back and what have you. So huh. it's a little bit complicated. So I need to figure out how to somehow get like a U.S. athlete visa or something. And I think then my life will be a little bit easier. But so in some ways, you know, the the pro like charging seven hundred fifty. In some ways, it's like, okay, well, then you can get into any race and you don't have to maybe get into some for free and maybe pay for some. and yeah. what. So in that way, it's, it's like, okay, well, that's okay. But, I mean, I also know some, you know, talented young athletes that, like I had a buddy from Vancouver that bought a plane ticket to go to New Orleans, but then he couldn't afford to pay the pro fee, so then he couldn't even go race. Oh, <laughs> like, uh, really? You know, so just sort of coming up with that. Like for me and Trevor, it was like 1500 bucks all at once at the sort of beginning of the year. And, that, you know, it's, it's totally worth it, but it's still kind of painful at the time. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Uh, okay, so uh, what are the plans for, for the rest of the year? I noticed you did Kona last year in DNF. So are you going to go back to Kona this year? Uh, I didn't take the spot from St. George. Oh, I didn't um, actually do it. I didn't take I did that spot. Oh, sorry. So, but I don't, I don't know. I, <laughs> I might take it from Canada. Uh, I just kind of had this bad Kona juju, you know, and I, uh, I went there a month in advance this past year, and I was just feeling super fit, you know, like, I, I really wanted to acclimatize, you know, so we thought, okay, well, if we're going to do Kona, we got to do it right. So we were there a month in advance to get used to the heat and humidity, you know, train on the course, and I was just feeling super fit and strong, and then I got injured. Uh, and it's just that time of year where it's, you're on that fine line of like trying to push yourself for your best performance, but you've also been racing hard all year, and and uh, it's just kind of yeah. So I actually ended up on race day. I had all these things that were sort of exacerbating it leading up, but I tore my adductor magnus insertion. Ooh. So like, so I could I literally couldn't lift my pedal over after Javi and so I had to stop and like get in the ambulance and all this oh, business man. so that was a real bummer so I kind of thought well you know what I, I just want to focus on races in North America that we can drive to <laughs> yeah. and try and be really competitive there and then see what I can do in Kona maybe for uh, 2011 okay nice. great. okay yeah. and you've got a couple of websites on the go maybe tell us a little bit about them if people want to find out a bit more about you and uh, and what you're up to yeah, so my personal website is www.fizz.ca. I don't know why we picked that name, but 
It was a four-letter one that was, like, easy to remember initially. So it's F-Y-Z-Z.ca. And then my husband and I also started a triathlon tips website. So um, we just sort of learned so much from very, you know, because we were kind of self-taught at the sport, and we learned so much from sort of surfing the web and getting little hints from people that we thought it would be cool to just have these, like, brief little tips about the sport. So um, we made a website that has just tons of little tips for training and what have you, and that's just ironmantriathlontips.com. So, yeah, we have quite a few people that go there and look at stuff. So we're just trying to have a resource for uh, athletes that are, you know, new to the sport or trying to figure out how to how to compete at a high level while working and stuff like that because we've been there. So Great, great. That's really great. I think we've had that as a website the week once before. Have we? I think we have. Oh, there you go. There you go. I think somebody sent it in. So and if you're on the website, make sure you click on an ad to make them some money. <laughs> Fitness single. Yeah. I know, it's funny. We thought, like, yeah, we can make money with a website and, like, you get, like, one cent yeah. from a click, you know? So yeah. you're like, yay, we made $4 this month, you know? <laughs> but anyway, it's still, it's great to have and uh, get to sort of give back to people in the sport for sure. Nice. Oh, no, it's, it's great to see your, your progress and coming up the ranks. We'll certainly be keeping an eye out for you in Canada. And uh, if people want to keep tabs on what he is up to um, and looking out for the breakthrough performance from Trevor, he might, he yeah, might, he might have to come on my uh, on my um, those, those picks we do. on the. Oh, nice. We play this I'm thinking game. Trevor must be really tall because if you're 6'2 and I'm looking at the photos, he must be like 6'6". <laughs> yeah, he's like... He's uh, like an inch and a half taller than me. Yeah. So we're good. Yeah, we, we have the hug down, right? Like, I know, like, I go under. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, my brother's actually seven feet tall, so. Oh, really? We're kind of enormous in my family. Wow. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, it was good to catch up here, and um, thank you very much for your time and, and all the best the rest of the season. We'll look forward to following your results with interest. Excellent. Thanks so much. It was great chatting with you, too. Cool. Thank cool. you. Okay, I'm pulling him up, John. First of all, we have Paul Burrow, and he's a, he loves the show, John. He doesn't just love it, he loves it. He lives in the Middle East, I've been over there recently, yeah. and loves listening to us guys. It's like a pizza being at home while driving in the car, even though he's Australian. He's 28 years old. Oh, I remember being 28, KGs. John? Oh, those were the days. Do you remember being 80 kgs? What do you weigh? You wouldn't be 80. I'm, I'm getting my weight down there, big boy. You would be, because you're running. Yeah, yeah. You get skinny so, when you uh, run, don't you? I could, be, I could be at 66 kgs for race day. 66? Yeah, I'm about That's like, like a chick. Not quite, not quite. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get calling me a check. <laughs> well, what's, what's your standard weight? Uh, I'm usually about 70. Okay, so, so you're, getting, yeah. you're getting race fit, you're looking lean. Getting down. Muscles are cut. That's right. Oh, you get some zombies here. Just, lose, just losing a bit of muscle, I think. That's the problem, isn't it? You lose your arms, don't you? Mm. I'm going to lose your arms. Mm. But okay. anyway, uh, he trains, been training for trains about six days a week, um, very committed to his training. One area where he's, and he's got a free training program of beginnertriathlete.com. That's a site yep. has got Still a lot of Ironman, which resources. Is um, one area that he struggles with is uh, his diet and nutrition. <sighs> he works full-time. He has other commitments, um, out-of-work hours, and thus nutrition is the last priority on the list of two each week how could how would you guys attack it what is the best way to control it enjoy mm. it etc so he's still he's living in qatar next wow. to saudi arabia yeah, really good music there. yes yes <laughs> good one 
I'd say that one thing that um, I think works really well for a lot of people is to have an overall nutrition plan, and that's something you can sit down and do maybe on a on a Sunday. Dear, here we go. Sing, come on, we've still waiting on this sing. bloody song. I can't sing. Okay. I can play the guitar. Here's a G chord, John. G, D, 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 A. It's a bit out of tune, but yeah. Anyway. We're waiting on that song, anyway. Um, I'd say have an overall plan for your meals for the week. A lot of people seem to just go day by day and just, just sort of wing it. Yeah. But I'd suggest that... The, Who the, does this really well? Who? Me? Oh, no. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and you, John. Yeah. You do it very well. Like him and Steph, they actually get... Like, I, I, I eat really healthy and, and what's great for Joe, Joe's a bloody good cook, so she's, you know, she's always really good with that stuff. But they get out there, they actually get out um, cookbooks yeah, yeah. for the week and they plan their meals yeah. before they do their shopping. Uh, you do that too, do you, John? <laughs> Sunday, Sunday morning is shopping morning with Thomas. So, really? Yeah, Sunday night. Saturday, and you get cookbooks out and everything. Saturday, Sunday morning at about six o'clock in the morning when Thomas gets up, or five sometimes. Yeah. Sitting there going through cookbooks. What I'm going to do this week? Got some standard ones. Don't need cookbooks, but yeah, write a list for the whole week. And uh, you chop and change it much? Because for me, I always have about eight meals I cook. And really, I kind of just vary around those eight meals. I'd say I've probably got about 20 that I oh, probably vary about. Got that's what you use the cookbook, isn't it? Yeah, you've got to use cookbook. got to keep mm. it a variety in there. But that's the main thing I'd say is have a plan at the start of the week for okay. your main meals. Um, and, and then you can go shopping and you've got everything sort of set in place. And if you need to freeze, you know, maybe you can do a spag bowl or something you can freeze, then you can have a few meals lined up, especially if you're single. Um, and then you've got to start uh, also having a think and a plan about how you're going to do your snacking. Um, so planning your main meals is important, but also planning what you're going to do for snacks so you don't have to constantly be going out and buying things. So you want to be looking at your fruits and your vegetables as much as possible, um, and then probably just get online and try and find some ideas on, on foods to snack at, and that kind of depends a bit on your work setup, whether you've got a fridge there or not. Um, but you've got to have a think about your snacks because that's when you can get really out of control. You go to the, the shop and get a bar of chocolate. Yeah. Some crappy food, so For you me, need to have a plan around that as well. It really is planning, isn't it? And I think the thing is, you're saying it's kind of the last priority. And I think the, what's happening is, and a lot of people in your situation is that because you don't put a priority on it, that in those moments when you're hungry, you just go for whatever's the easiest option. Yep. Especially if you're working hard, you go, okay, there's fast food down the road, or there's, yep. you know, there's a there's a cafe that's got junk food and stuff there, and you just grab that. And if anything, you want to do the planning so that when that decision comes up, you can choose a healthy, better option for you. And um, so, but does mean that when you actually have a bit of downtime at home, is to, to actually sit and, and do the planning. Because if you don't do the planning in those tough moments, you, you make the bad choice. You know, everyone does it. Like oh, I, yeah. myself, if I'm at home and I haven't done my food shopping for the week, like my, if I go to the eighth day without shopping, then yeah. I start to eat crap. Yeah, because with the eighth day, I haven't got enough food in the house. And so you're looking for the crap food or you go down to the you know, shop and scrap something really bad. Whereas if I do my shopping every seventh day, I always tend to eat healthy. And so it's just, it really just comes to the eight, the eighth day syndrome, Bevan. Really? Yeah, you've been trapped in a few times, I can see. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry, John, I'm still looking lean. <laughs> anyway, um,. So I think, yeah, as people said, that, that planning is critical. And as, as you said, you know, if I might make a big fruit salad, you know, it might last two or three days in the fridge if you make a really big fruit salad or some big, big pasta salad or rice salad yep. or whatever. But have a bit of a plan around that. Um, most people have bad habits, and it's, I don't think it's necessarily a healthy thing to go cold turkey on those things, but yeah. you set yourself some targets. So yeah, like, if you eat five chocolate bars a week, maybe just set yourself some targets to try to reduce that down. It's fine to have some junk food, but maybe just say... 
Friday lunchtime is going to be my day where I go to the shop and I, I get it, you know, get some shop food the rest well, of the week. It's really, it's really interesting. I, I think with stuff like this, it's all about learning yourself. And, like, for example, I know, like, I'm quite an organised person and I'm, I'm quite kind of have these systems in my, my life that make me successful or I feel successful. And, for example, if I sit down on a Monday and I do my diary for the week, if I sit down on a Monday and play my week, because I, I don't have to go to work and do time based on other people's things, yep. but if I sit down and I go, okay, today I've got to do this at this time, this at this time, I have a much more successful week by sitting down and just doing that planning on a Monday. Yep. And maybe for you, is, is not really as trying to, the first goal should to be try to find the time to plan. Yep. And then, if you can, yeah, like for example, John's Sunday morning. For me, it's Monday morning. And by sitting down and just trying to find that time to plan, then the planning, once you do the planning, it, it just goes in motion after that, doesn't it? Does. You know, and so for you right now, maybe the best thing you can do is go, well, when there's one time in a week where I can sit down away from anything else and just plan my nutrition for a week. And then once you do that, you'll find the nutrition habits will be easy to maintain. So, And it seems everything we're saying here is about planning. And I think the final thing you need to have a bit of a plan for is um, planning for your <laughs> afternoon training sessions so you're appropriately fueled. Um, yeah, true. So if, you've got a, if you're training at 5.30, 6 o'clock, whatever, in the evening, you need to have a bit of think about you know, a couple of hours before that getting some fuel fuel into you. There's no point fueling out five minutes before the training session. You just end up uh, feeling ill. So planning, 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 and just spending a little bit of time doing that. You'll get into a routine, and it will become very easy. first few months or weeks will be a bit tricky, just getting your crap together, yep. and then it'll become easy. Ian Tivy sent through an email. Ian Tivy, I know he's got a nickname coming out this week. Oh, good. I'm racing Ironman France in June, but I live in cold, dreary, wet, old England. Actually, the weather's pretty good this weekend, but my girlfriend forced me to celebrate her 30th birthday all weekend. Can you believe it? No, anyway, I can't. I don't <laughs> Give her an hour. Yeah. <laughs> Last year during the race, uh, it was over 100 degrees in Nice, and if plans go well, I'll be hitting the start and the run in the hottest part of the day. Any coaching tips for racing in the heat? I've been sitting in a sauna in the gym after my uh, weight sessions and swim sessions, but the heart rate creeps up over to 110 beats after 15 minutes. Wow, mm-hmm. that's pretty full on. Temperature gets to around 80 degrees Celsius. Yep. Really? It seems... Uh, <laughs> I don't know what temperature is in the sauna. 180 degrees Celsius. It can't be right. Can no, it? it can't be right. Hey, he's reckoned 176 Fahrenheit. And a friend who trained for Kona for years ago reckons that I should be stepping up in there. Step ups in there. I'm scared of passing out. Um, anyway, my... 80 degrees Celsius. It can't it's be right. It's pretty hot. Yeah. Anyway. You, you fry. Yeah. Fry an egg in there. Do your plan for it and do your cooking in there. Kill two birds And you listen to the show, three things. <laughs> Who said men can't do all two things at once? Anyway, Ian, um, uh, 80 degrees does go, I don't know what the normal temperature is in a sauna. It wouldn't be 80. That sounds It's <laughs> pretty hot. Anyway, um, the suggestions I'd have for you, and, and the UK summer is not generally that bad. I was speaking to a guy who's living in London on. Um, Sunday, and he said it was 30 degrees. So It's not yeah, summer yet, is it? Uh, yeah, it's spring. Where's the summer? It's, it's opposite to ours, verging. We're, we're in winter there. And it's we're verging. Well, winter's just hit, hasn't it? Winter's just hit. So maybe the summer's first, just first hit. June's probably the official start of winter, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, June, yeah. July, August. Yeah. Anyway, um, Ian, I'd suggest what you do is to do some, uh, some trainer sessions inside, so uh, on the indoor bike trainer and potentially uh, running as well. Put the heater on and put plenty of clothes on. Uh, when you're outside and training, overdress. And you don't need to be doing that now. Whenever, when is Nice? That's in June. So, no, you probably do need to be doing that now. Sorry. Yeah. Um, doing some indoor trainer sessions with the heater on um, and plenty of clothes. When you're going out training, trying to get your core temperature up. Um, a good thing to do is put gloves on, 
a beanie on, some leggings on, some polypropes. Um, try to get your, your outer extremities really hot, your, your hands and your head. And where you often uh, lose heat. Where you often lose heat. And just try to over, overheat in training. Um, the key thing when you're doing all this is to make sure that you're staying well hydrated. And that's a critical part of the racing is, is just not getting hot, but actually retraining your stomach. So when you start powering down you know, a full bottle or one and a half bottles per hour in the race, you're not going to be stressing your body. So you need yep. to practice that in training to get the system going. And that's probably going to mean you need to, going to stop for quite a few peas when you're out training, which is fine. So pre- make sure you practice overdressing, practice hydrating. Um, I did put down in my fourth point, no need to get carried away too early, but we are in May now, and if the race is in June, this is exactly when yeah, you should probably, be doing it. Yeah. You don't need to be doing this sort of stuff six months out, but in that sort of final... Kind of four weeks, weeks, four yeah. to six weeks, um, you do need to be uh, doing some of your key sessions. Is it worth doing a sweat test like I did one when I did Kona? Because um, we were trying to do no winter. harm. Yeah. No harm whatsoever. Mm, so, so if you've got a local university or somewhere where you can do actually a sweat test, so they put you in a, in a hot room and they, you basically ride or run for an hour and they measure your sweat losses under certain temperatures, you can get you have a much better accuracy on how much kind of nutrition you need to use. So variable. You know, yeah. I go running a lot with uh, the Philinator. Yeah. You know, his, he looks like he's pissed his pants within five minutes sweats, of running. He? Maybe he's he does. Just, <laughs> <laughs> I do sometimes wonder whether I should be inviting him to the house after running. But anyway, um, whereas I don't sweat a great deal. Molina, you know, he, he always struggled with Kona because yeah. he, he sweated a lot. So, yeah, it would be worthwhile if you have got a university where you can, can do that. Is this one thing that sucks about Kona? The, the world champs is always in the same location. Mm, you know, because it really does it does hurt some athletes, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. You know, you look at the Molina, you look at the Liados, and, mm. you know, you look at the guys... And the pros have got the option to race elsewhere where you can probably can judge where you're at. You know, say if a pro goes and does Ironman Junior and does it really well, you can say, well, that's, I'm, I'm, I'm up there. But for age groupers, it's yeah. Kona or you kind of just got to guess where yeah. you're at versus the other athletes in the world. Okay, good old Brendan Carroll sent through a race results from uh, Tim Don did a 10K race in uh, the UK somewhere. The Great, Great Run. Run.org. Um, I see an he ran 28, um, something finished seventh overall. So I always find this interesting, and thanks for sending that through, Bradley. Yeah, um, it was interesting, wasn't it? He ran 28 something in a 10k, finished seventh place, pretty respectable. And I'd say that run would probably be pretty accurate as well. Um, just put surname Don. Don, and those guys, you know, I think in, a, in an ITU race, you know, now they're running. Just a couple of them can go under 30, but um, it's pretty quick, isn't it? What did yeah. he run? We ran 2856 of 5Ks, he was at 1423. Yep, so he did a pretty even split there. And it must break a lot of runners' hearts, eh? Because, you know, that's, that's a probably pretty good run. He's, he's, he's been a world champion. Uh, no, no, but I mean, yeah, still, you know, a runner and his done triathlete turns up and gets yep. top 10. Yep. You know? So it's, it's interesting stats to always get those runners' uh, information. I know we had a couple of our Kiwi triathletes running the, the national 3K champs, and they were pretty oh, really? competitive there. That was a while ago. Were they? He ran, I think um, he ran 8.27, I think. Who's this? Um, Sissons, I think it was I think it was 8.27. Maybe it was quicker than that. So what would, what would the winner of this race do, about 27 something? Oh, who knows? Just depends who there. Some Kenyan turned up. Wait a second, you keep talking, John. I'm going to find out who the winner was. Okay. This was, this was Wait a the, second, the Bupo, great run. And... Search. I'm not listening. Okay, he would have run 27-something. The winner would have run 27-something. No, that can't be right. No, that can't be right. There's a timing malfunction. 22. Gabriel Selassie, 28.02. So he was less than a minute behind Gabriel Selassie. That's pretty impressive. That's impressive, eh? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You got that guy in your race. Yeah. You get a top 10. Yeah. 
wow, I'd love to see that guy run. That's right. He's he's, he's, he's he's just a phenomenal athlete, eh? He's very impressive. He's like... Because he's across all distances, eh? He's run five... He's, I think he's sort of 5K to, mar- to, to marathon. That's, that's not... Yeah. That's, a, that's a big spread. Yeah, man. He's... Oh, he's man. man. He's freak, eh? Yes. Once... Yeah. Oh, well, if I got a top 10... And if, if Gabriel Selassie came to the marathon, you got a top 10... You begin up my books, I tell you that much. Thank you. Yeah, but come come down and run the Christchurch Marathon. Yeah, come on, Gabby. Gabby, see where that's like. Gabby. Graham, good old Graham Purdy, Seth Russell, love the show, great training companions. That's something to listen to on my way to work, keep it up. I'm already love um, some advice on pacing. I started, oh, I'd really love some advice on pacing. I started a triathlon last year with a few sprints in an Olympic race, and this year I'm doing a 70.3 UK. And hopefully an Ironman next year, which I think is the Newson three-year plan. That's nice. right, it is. We really need to get a T-shirt. I'm doing the three-year <laughs> three plan. Um, I have real trouble knowing what to expect for myself in terms of pacing. I think I get it... Uh, uh, I think I get it that way in a sprint and go uber hard. And in an Olympic, you can have your lactic threshold the whole way. And just below that, it sounds like for an Ironman, you're slightly above or below your aerobic threshold. You're and therefore, in a 73.3, you should be in between your aerobic threshold and your lactic threshold. I think if I would stick to this and the course was flat, I would have a consistent effort. That's what you're about bang on there. Okay, so the UK 7.3 is either up or down the whole way on the bike, and I have little experience riding hills yet. was wondering, how do you know to set pace guides? I assume that half the time I spent lactate at lactate and half the time at aerobic threshold is not the same as constant pace in the middle if you might blow up. Your mm-hmm. thoughts? Um, I think if you go back and listen to last week's interview with Hunter Allen... Um, that was a great interview, wasn't it? That gives you some useful info. So <coughs> trying to keep a... You know, trying to keep a relatively even power out, but even when it's on a, on a hilly course, you're definitely going to have um, spikes um, in, in your power when you're going up climbs, and it's going to come down when you yep. go downhill, obviously. So a power meter would be really useful. Um, if you don't have one of them, and it's a hilly course, which Ironman UK is, you want to be trying to minimise the amount of time that you're going over your lactate threshold. And what you've got to be careful with there is um, when you start climbing a hill, if you're really cranking it, your heart rate's going to be a little bit delayed coming over. So heart rate is, you've got to use your perceived effort in conjunction with your heart rate. But I'd, I'd suggest, you know, for the longer climbs, you really want to make sure that you set yourself some heart rate ceilings. Um, so this is for Ironman. Um, for Ironman, you know, you want to be sticking, as you said, to that aerobic threshold, which is what we call our steady zone. When you're going up climbs, okay to go into your moderately hard zone. But you really want to have a cutoff point at your anaerobic threshold, um, which is roughly the middle of your hard zone, and you just do not want to be going over that. And that also applies to um, half Ironmans. Unless it's absolutely necessary, you've really got to try to stay um, below that and staying for a half Ironman in your moderately hard zone, which is between your aerobic threshold and your anaerobic threshold. Um, and you've got to make sure that you've got the gearing that's going to enable you to do this. So if, if it does have a series of fairly steep climbs, it's worthwhile sometimes investing in a, in a different cassette or in compact cranks or whatever if you're going to do a lot of races like that, which is going to mean you are able to spin up those climbs a little bit easier and not trash your legs. Yeah. Um, i also say that a lot of um, beginner athletes or, or actually a wide variety of athletes go into climbs and really crank the bottom of the climb and their power really spikes and then it comes progressively down as they tire going up the climb. So I'd say try to just ease a little bit at the bottom of the climb and uh, and just work your way into it. Critical mistake a lot of people make on hilly courses is not to push over the tops of the climbs and that's where you can make a lot of um, time up. Uh, you 
if you head a power meter, you often find your power's not actually going up. You're just maintaining it, but your perceived effort's going up. So get over the top of the climbs and start pedaling down the other side quickly and get your speed up, and that's where you can make up a lot of time, and you're also keeping your power effort power output a little bit more even and also practice your downhills you know oh, downhill yeah. speed big time you know like you, like some you go downhill with melina mm. it's just a gun downhill way and you know you, like, you fight you you kill yourself to get up the hill fast mm-hmm. well hopefully not if you're staying within your ranges but you know mm. the, the effort it takes to get uphill there's a lot of energy output that's happening there and if you're not good on the downhills you just lose so much time so if you're tentative or saying just go out with people that know what they're doing and yeah, just practice and learn practice, your lines and, and you know and you know don't be an idiot about it don't take risks that are unnecessary but it is a skill mm-hmm. and a lot of it's just learning what lines you should be taking and how to take corners properly and you know the more you do it the better you'll get but if you're doing races if you're going to be racing a lot in your career with, with a lot of hills it's just easy speed massive yeah you can easily gain as much as you do on the climbs as you if do on more the like yeah. i've done races i've done races cycle races with guys who are amazing downhillers and i'd blitz them i'd lose them on the hill you yeah. know lose them turn around they're not there yeah. and they'd catch me and get a lead on me on the way back down and yeah. just you know because i know i wasn't a bad downhiller these guys mm. are just really great and you know, it's just easy speed. I know, and Roach. You know, Roach's Roach got a few technical downhills. Yep. Not technical, technical, but I was easily gaining plenty of yeah, time with people yep. I was driving down there. Yep. Um, so that's probably the one big message I'd say in this is, yeah, you've got to, you've got to moderate your efforts on the climbing, push over the tops, try to keep you, and then really try to keep your efforts up on the downhills. Yep, yep, because it's just easy, easy speed. Ed Hawkins sent through a great email. Uh, he sent us a website. Um, it took me a minute to get this because I went to, to the, the actual website first and I didn't uh, have a link to that, and I was going, what's the deal with this website? So so the, one of the big moments in the I Am Talk world was when we talked about peeing on the bike, and, and you know, we, we, it's, it's hard on a show because we, we don't give visual pictures. Yeah. But now this website, how does that one, John? Right. And then oh, it's called Right Racing, <coughs> R-I-T-T-E-R-E Racing. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. And they've actually got pictures on how to pee on a bike. Yeah, this is how when you pull your schlong outside and you actually keep keep going. So I never did the schlong outside the trick. I've not done it either. I just peed my pants. Yep, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> as well. But this is more for the cyclists who are maybe going to be carrying on there all day. And they've and even not. got pictures of guys doing it. Look at that. Yeah. Like, there's done it. Melina can do it. Melina, Melina, when it comes to toiletry habits, it's just like a legend. <laughs> yes. He is, eh? He drops just, his dacks anyway. Yeah, he just, <laughs> <laughs> at a party. <laughs> so it's got a pictorial guide here. So number one, you drift to the back of the pack. Nice. Okay, you drift to the back. So, yep. Number two, roll up your right leg. Yeah. Oh, what do you want to do? Oh, right leg. Got your yeah. right leg. Number three, stand on your right pedal and twist to the side. You've got to do a big smile. When you're <laughs> I know. The picture of the guy looks pretty happy. <laughs> pretty happy. <laughs> I think he's, he's having a bit of fun down there yeah. as well. Number four, direct the stream away from you. Yes. Nice. Number five, better hurry up and catch that pack. Nice. We've also got more detailed descriptions yeah. as well in terms of uh, how to exactly do this. But uh, we'll have a link through that. It's got some pretty interesting pictures. Oh, oh Melina. Uh, congratulations. Turn 50 this year. It's a big year for Melina, yeah. isn't it? This party was a few months ago. Yeah. 50, you know. It's a big, big moment in your life. You're halfway yes. there. Yes. Considering if you live to 100. Yes. But he's also a granddad now. Yes, I know that. Granddad yes. Melina. Granddad Melina. Pops. We'll call him Pops Melina from now on. Pops. Saw him last night. How is Melina? He's good. I haven't seen Melina in a while. I've got Phuket for a weekend of training with his... A weekend? Athletes. Yep. He's got some athletes over there. Do you want to do the joke, John? Joke of the week. Wait, no, before we do. 
just one thing, we've got an email through from Marcus Bergen, and he's saying, I love the podcast, been listening to you guys ever since we started, or he started a triathlon, have a plan to complete the 70.3 UK in June, uh, Little Woody in August, and the Stroud Half Marathon in October, a year, next year I plan to do a couple iron distance and half distance races, I've penciled in the Forest Man in June, but Little Woody in August, I'm looking for an iron distance race to do in Florida, but I'm struggling to find any, I have a lot of ear miles, but I'm limited to flying to Orlando or Miami. So does anybody know, other than Ironman Florida, which I think is too far to travel from Orlando? Okay, so what you want to do, if you're ever looking for races, for iron distance races, the website's to look out for. You oh, go okay. to Yep. Um, which has all the Ironman races. K226.com has pretty much the vast majority of non-WTC on um, distance races. And you can also check out for general triathlons, um, site trimapper.com. Um, and that has a lot that's of Nick. the other... That's Nick from TriJuice. Yeah. Um, has a lot of the other races around the world. But K226 has generally got um, the, most the kind of, yeah, of the other races. And I guess the one other site would also be the um, challenge-family.com. That has the challenge races, but that, they're going to be listed on the oh, K226. They're going to go to America. They're going to eventually. Yeah, I don't think they'll be in too much of a rush, but we'll see. There's a lot of legal implications probably for them to, to get over to get there. Really? Yeah. Why? I don't know. You got you, you have to pay. I'm sure you have to pay a huge amount of insurance stuff. I'm just speaking. Oh, about okay. Oh, I think you mean against WTC. No, no, no. Okay, joke of the week, John. Are you going to do it? It's your, yep. your turn. Okay, I'll do well, the next we, one. Um, no, we've got to do it as a team effort. I okay, think. wait a second. Okay, so Bevan is a devout triathlete. I am. Well, not so much nowadays, but I was in my days. And he, but he dies and goes to heaven. Ah, oh, heaven. Saint Peter meets him at the, Saint Peter meets him at the gate. Look different than I thought. Yep. First thing Bevan asks is, "Are there tri bikes in heaven?" Sure, say Saint Peter. Let me show you as he leads the, the guy into the finest velodrome you can imagine. Oh, this is great, Bevan says. It certainly is, says Saint Peter. You'll have a custom tri bike and the best tri clothes you've ever seen, and your personal masseuse will always be available. As they speak, a blur streaks by them on the boards riding in a gold-plated Avanti. Oh, sorry. Wow, Bevan Bevan exclaims. (laughs) Bevan exclaims. That guy is so fast, it could only be John Newsom. No, say St. Peter. That was God on the bike. He only thinks he's John (laughs) Newsom. That's weird. That's fantastic. (laughs) Who who sent this through? Mel James. Sure he did. There's no Mel James here. You did it yourself. (laughs) Mel James. (laughs) Whatever. John Newsom sent through this week's Danger Mouse. (laughs) Keeps delivering. He's got more jokes to come. Oh, beautiful. Okay. Sponsors. Okay, John, what are we going to talk about this week? Let's go to Athlinks first. Athlinks.com. Can't pull up I've got to put. I've got a race this weekend. I am loving this speed. It's a lot quicker nowadays. Okay. Yep. I've got a race coming. I've got to add in there this weekend. What race are you doing this weekend, John? The Sharpathon. <laughs> What's the Sharpathon? The Sharpathon. It's a sharpener for the uh, for the marathon. Oh, is it an actual race? Yeah, it's called the Sharpathon. And they call it the Sharpathon. Five k. So I think it's more. Yeah, it's, it's for people. To, marathon is exactly one week after. It's five k race to sharpen you into shape. But I'm going to be doing controlled effort. I reckon you wouldn't want to be beating yourself up in it, would you? It's going to be going firm, but I'm not going to be maxing it. Wow, that's... Probably look for like a 1620 or something like that, just so 320k pace. 320? Okay, John, just before we get into it, thanks. How are you feeling? I'm feeling comfortable. Are you confident? Yeah, you are confident? confident. I I know where I'm going to... The the time range I'll finish in. What's the time range? Bad day? Somewhere between... Oh, they've got problems on anything. It'll be somewhere between 235 and 240. That's weather dependent. But I'm pretty confident I can go 235, 236. Oh. Amazing day 233? 
Or you're no, not I don't think it's possible. Like I'm going out in 118, so I think best case scenario, if I come home in 117, I can't see myself going much quicker than that. Yeah. But we'll see. That'd be a pretty awesome race. 2236, I'll be happy. 237, I'll be satisfied. 238, I'm going to start losing a little bit of satisfaction. Oh, 239, I'll go. What did Albert do? It's okay. 240, I'll be pissed. <laughs> yeah, I was gutted last year. <laughs> okay, um, okay, ethics.com. So, what about John? What about athletes? I'm going to get on there, and this is one thing that you want to do, and I talked about this a couple of weeks ago, I think, is you want to be putting all your upcoming races in there. Yep. So, you know, then other people can see what you're racing, we can see where you're racing, and if there's other athletes members out there who want to say, hey, man, you're doing this race, let's talk. Uh, hey, talk man. Stuff. <laughs> hey, man. Hey, man. The Fonzie. <laughs> and, and then once you're done, you go back on there and you claim your results. If you've got a... Uh, you know your club set up there then it'll give you your first club member to finish in that race it'll give you the average times um, and you can just basically filter out the information you want best thing's best is then you can compare yourself against your mates and you can say how much yeah and if, if your local club is in there that's what you can do you can kind of go okay well the people in my club are going to be doing the race this weekend or I can see who I've beaten and if you've had a bad race you can delete it from there for example who's going to race this weekend John? On the Iron Talk page, good old Robbie B. He's going to be doing the Fleet Feet Aquathon Series number oh, one. Comrades Marathon, that's a, um, that's a biggie. Gavin, oh, Gavin LaRue. Big ups. I'd love to do Comrades. It's like 100k, isn't it? It's, it's been South Africa. And it's meant to be the most amazing race. Um, now, who is it? Um, a guy I know. Um, Adrian from Queenstown. He's done it a couple of times. Yeah. The whole race is lined with people. Wow. Yeah. Good. And it's just and it just he just said it's the most special race you'll ever do. So good luck, cool. Gavin, because that's, that's bloody brilliant. I'm in Brazil, we've got Peter Tidal, Daddy Daddy Death. Death. Oh, he didn't tell us about that, Daddy Death. Oh, look at him. Yeah. yeah he's looking sharp with his orca gear on. Yeah. And then we've got Garth Scobble. Scoby. Scoby, sorry. Yeah. He's looking flash with a Savalo. Duncan Slam I am. Is doing the Super Sports Centre Fun Run Series. He's really gone down distance. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so there you go. So you can go through here, and, and if you've got a club set up, we're, look, we're going through the... Uh, Dan McCormick, Des Akinson. We're going through the I Am Talk page, but if you've got your own club page, um, and people contribute to this, and they put in the races that are coming up, you can see who's coming up the races. You can give them a bit of crap. Tell them and you, and you can give them a hard time about their photos, because I'm looking at good old Jeremy Hopwood's photo here, and I'm not giving him a hard time. I'm kind of impressed with it, because I'm thinking... He's running, and he's got the camera over his head. It's, a, it's an interesting angle. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting photo. What colour so. hair do you think Jeremy's got? I think he's a ginger. <laughs> Based on what? He just says he's hiding his hair. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was John Newsom. Okay, we're going to hear that part out. <laughs> I, I have no problems with red hair, John. It's terrible. Like, when you're on Facebook, I mean, on Facebook, when you're on... Earthlings, make sure you click the Facebook like page as well. Nice. And, you know, and you can export all your um, results results onto Facebook. And the first time you do it, it's going to be pretty massive if you put lots of results on there, but mm-hmm. then just every time you update it, it will instantly go to Facebook. So, you know, like I know when you first did it, Belinda complained because you had like yeah. a billion results on there. Yeah. But the thing is, on once it's done, ongoing, yeah. it's going to have a different result every time. So... Love your work. Uh, that's athlinks.com. Next up, we have Coffees of Hawaii. And last week, we mentioned here, if you're in uh, order, just $40 or more, you receive a free travel mug with your order if you enter the code MUG10 at checkout. Now, that's, nice. that's pretty good because it's a pretty good-looking mug. What is a good-looking mug? Yeah, is this boring you, John? No, I'm just, uh, I just need, I need my coffee to wake me up. You do, you need your, your coffee kick. 8, 8.22 in the morning. Oh, it's not, is it? We start at 7 o'clock. 
You were talking about muckery. You started seven. You turned up at ten past. <laughs> we puck around a little bit. I better move, move my ass. I gotta get home. Okay. Well. Anyway, um, coffees of Hawaii. You get your special mug, um, or you can go if you don't want the special mug. You can oh, go on there this. and you can get your discount codes. Go through the I am Talk page. I am um, Talk Me. Click on the coffee logo, and you're there. Well, I've also got their tea now. What, what's how do you say that? To say. Same new to same packaging. We responded to customer feedback. A new easy scoop form uh, from easy to see a reseal bag idea for the daily cup of loose leaf to sane Monaco style. It's pretty cool looking, nice. isn't it? It's got that little just resealy bit up the top there. Yeah, look at it. Nice. I do like doing stuff like that because I'm a bit spiritual, John. Yeah, sure you are. <laughs> I was doing my yoga yesterday, yep. and then I meditated. A and chairs. And you, you may look, John, I've got my oil burner behind me. Oh, yeah, I had the oil burner happening. Yeah. I did my meditation and an oil burner. I could did you start the, to float the aromas. 10, 10 feet off the ground? I do get yoga twitching. Have you heard of that? No. So, well, so when you, because I've meditated for like 13 years now, I've done a long time, yep. and they say that as you get advanced, you get these twitches. You know when you're falling asleep sometimes and you twitch? Mm. Well, it's kind of that times ten and your body just, like, jumps. You know, I get that sometimes. So I'm getting pretty deep, John. Sure <laughs> you know what I am, John? I'm some spiritual. Yeah, good When people you. look at me, they, I, I'm sure that's what they think. Sure it is. Too. That's what you thought, wasn't what it? That's what I thought, yeah. <laughs> so get your coffee or get your tea. Yeah. The coffees of Hawaii. Yes, jasmine We've got the Reese little bags. It's going to last a super long time. Chai tea, because I don't have a lot of Thai tea, John. Because again, I'm spiritual. You are vanilla, yeah. vanilla chai. Yeah, that's what I have. Oh, but if you got up Bevan's after some, yeah, hook me up because I'm uh, for your spiritual listener out that's there. That's right. So get on there, go through the I Am Talk page. You can either get yourself a free coffee mug or you can get yourself a super duper special. There's free shipping options on there as well. So just check it out. Coffeesofhawaii.com. Check, check, check it out. Sponsors are com. Get on there. Put your results on there. Coffeesofhawaii.com. You can join my spiritual club. Maybe we could get the Bevan spiritual page on Coffees of Hawaii. They have spiritual drinks. Oh, but I'm going to give you a little bit of business advice here. Uh, don't take that one up. <laughs> Honestly, that's the, that's the tipping point if you ask me. Okay, so we've had a few. Oh, if you want to email us, I am talkpodcast at gmail.com. Affiliate program with Amazon. Um, also, there's a stretching book. Yes, that was, that's right. Good memory. Yeah. So there's a special, special you know why? on the stretching. That's right. There's a special on the stretching book. We've got a link on our site. If you've been thinking about getting it, um, if you get it now, they've got some anniversary. I think it's their ten year anniversary, maybe. Yep. If you go on there now, get the book. You get a free copy of their de- their video as well. So just go through our site. Twenty dollar value. Nice. With a book that's cost you fifteen dollars or something. Nice. So it's a no brainer, John. Yep. But more importantly, John, people who are contributing to this show, oh, we, we like love you. Sorry, it's got a bit enthusiastic. Because we've got a website we've got to pay for. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The website's kind of finished. Yeah, we've got to add the content. Yeah, it's going to take a little... Mm. Maybe we should stay two weeks to announce it. Two weeks. Two weeks? Yeah. Okay, we've got two weeks from now, we're going to announce a new website. Where are we now? What's the date today? 25th? Uh, two weeks from now, I go away too, so... Mm. It'd be so nice if we get it for the start of June, but that might not happen. No, it's not going to happen by next week. Six days, seven days, no, so not going to happen. But if we go two weeks... Two weeks. Yep. It is, it's looking pretty cool, isn't it? We'll have it up there for, for my marathon results. So we'll have a marathon okay. picture up there. Okay, we have a marathon picture. What if you do a 242? Will you have a picture up there? We'll do some Photoshopping. 
<laughs> I may not run down the finishing shoot so I don't get a finish time. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, so for the people who do donate the show, what, what we do is you can either there's two ways you can donate. You can just do a one-off donation if you go to imtalk.me. There's a there's a donation link and you can do a one-off donation, which is amazing, or you can do a, a monthly donation of four dollars US a month, which helps for ongoing costs. And, and you'll see we're putting Dollar that money show. back into the show. You know, to the development to make the show better. We put a lot of energy into that, and hopefully we can improve um, the show more and more. And uh, by doing things with the website and stuff like that. So these people here have gone on to www.imtalk.me and donated to the show. So we thought we'd give them nicknames. Nice. You first one. You've done that one, obviously. And Jacob Brunner, you are the method of madness. Right. Nice. You like that one? Yeah. Um, someone who's contributed again to the show, Raymond Grandmaster Panero. Grandmaster. I like that one. You did that one, I think. Oh, did I? Yeah. They said ones that are underlined in bold. They're contributing for the, oh, for the, the second time. time. Oh, man, that's like that Grandmaster 2, then. Grandmaster the second. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Hell Tell. Hell Davies. So I thought about this one. I actually made yeah. this one up myself. Did you? Because he's a bit of a hardcore athlete, isn't he? Yes. Like Sub-9 guy. Yes. Did 100k on the rowing machine. He's known as a hard-ass. Mm-hmm. But he's also, one thing I like about Hell Tell is he's a wise man and he gives back to the sport. He does. He does a lot of riding. He does a lot of giving back to the sport and he's mm-hmm. good in his community. So I've named him... Demon Einstein. Okay. I really haven't spelled Einstein right there, but you'll get it. Demon Einstein. Yep. Hotel. Nice. That's a good one. I like yes. that one. If I do say something, I'll be through me. Okay. Um, Henry Slade the Fourth. Nice. No, no, that's his name. No, I know, but that's a great name. But we don't give him a nickname. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was thinking something royal, yeah, like king. But then I thought the ambassador. Nice. I like ambassador. that. It's good. Yeah. The ambassador the fourth. Yeah. Yes. Nice. Did I do this one? Yeah. Mark Weaver. The flaming storm, because it'll chop you up and take sword, you down. Sword, not storm. Oh, I mean sword. Yeah, sword. Yeah. Flaming sword. Chop you up and take you down. Is that your sword or not? I don't I know. know. I copied and pasted that one. Okay. So, yep. Yeah, ghostly. Yep. Uh, you did this one as well. Sarah Wine. Yeah. One. One. Maybe Sarah Wine. Wine. I'll go one. Again, don't expect us to get your names wrong. Sarah <laughs> <laughs> Wine. Rainbow Commander. Nice. Because I wanted someone who was dominating, but being a chick, you don't want to be like military. Yeah. And I thought, well, the rainbow is a beautiful thing in the world, John. And me being quite spiritual, I connect with rainbows. Yeah. And I feel with, you know, all the colours are there and it's a beautiful thing. So when she's in trouble, she brings on the rainbow and she commands it, the okay. Rainbow Commander. Tom Babington. Now oh. went on to Athlinks. Nice. And he was looking quite pensive. He was look, 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 oh, pensive like that. He was at some. Um, I've got a photo of you looking pretty pensive. I'm sure you have. <laughs> um, he was. He was, looked like he was some, doing some sort of James Bond pose. He was sitting in a cafe, no top on. Just cool. Just cool. And so I thought James Bond theme. So Tom Goldfinger. Oh, I love it. Love it. Oh, I could go all directions of that one. We're yeah. not going to. Okay, Paul, the raving speedster, white. Nice. Yes. Uh, Roland, no holds barred. Oh, I love it. Chat, uh, tutor? Shooter? Shooter, shooter. And the reason shooter. for that is he was on Athlinks, he had his picture there, and he had like a little tri-top, and it was fully unzipped, and he looked like he was going to get somebody. But a bit of anger? Yeah. Don't mess with the, the no hold barred shooter. And finally, he had a question on this week's show. You've got, you've got two Ian, options. Ian Tivy. Now, my, my first inclination here was to go Ian Skivvy Tivy. <laughs> That's pretty good. Uh, I, like I thought he might not like that. So then my second option. But wait a second. Wait a second. Where did they have to like them? Mm. But the, the, see, I did look at. I think I looked on Athlinks for his profile, and um, I can't remember why I came with it. But Ian the Burglar TV. Nice. Why does he burgle? 
don't know, we have to go into Athlinks. Okay. Go into Athlinks. Okay, and, and this is another thing you can do on Athlinks. You can when you, you can search for, for members. And then if the, oh, we talked about this last week, if, if a whole, you know, if you've got a really common name, you can then narrow, <clears throat> narrow that search down by, by um, age brackets or location um, and to make it easier if you've got a common name. Ian Tivy. Search by members. You've got to search by members. Members. Oh, yeah. Ian. Yeah, Tivy. It could be Skivy Tivy. If you want to take Skivy Tivy, here we go. Yeah. Oh, look at it. He's like, you want to go? This is right. This is why. I yeah, it. you now want to fussy? No. He's, he's giving the old cocky. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you want to take me on? But the reason I kind of called him the burglar is he's got his photo on Athlinks. And he's, he's stolen the picture. Ni- he's nicked it. It's still got the the watermark across it. So nice. That's why I came up with the burglar. Nice. Okay, the burglar in Tivy or Skivy Tivy. <laughs> the Skivy burglar. There we go, there we go, Skippy Burglar. Nice. Nice, Ian Tiffy. Uh, we, we're just a match made in heaven, John, we That's are. Right. Okay, then, so those are, if you want to donate to the show, go to www.talk.me, put a thing on, you get a donation to the show, and we'll probably do a prize at the end of the year as well, and you get your nickname, and ultimately, your nickname. And remember, if you want us to use your nickname on the show, make sure you email your nickname through when you email us. Skippy. Skippy Okay, so, John, what's your gloss? It's going to be enough of a long show. We haven't even inserted the bloody interview yet. We could be putting a, a record here. I told Belinda I'd be an hour. I'm going to have to get home pretty quick. Um, we just waffled. I didn't even have anything in there. I put, what do we have, questions and answers and the news. Well, and a website. But you didn't put a lot of questions in there. I did. I was trying to, I had a backlog and people start emailing in. Okay, what's your question? What's your question? And my goss is, there's not a great deal of goss. I've just been doing my running, doing my work and looking after my babies. And that's about that's it. Stephen, babies take minute. up a lot of time. There's yeah. not a lot of time outside of baby time. There isn't really, is there? Did go out for dinner at the weekend. Oh, would you go? Good. Uh, the bicycle thief. Oh, do you like it? It's very dark, isn't it? It was. It was a good meal, though. That used to be my Joe and I's coffee joint, because she used right. to work right next to it, but she's moved. Right. Yeah. Yep. No, yeah. it was good. And that's about it. Bevan, what's your news? I'm just trying to... You're trying to just move me on. Marathon. Well, we started on Thursday. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> um... Uh, but my daughter had a birthday. Yeah. She's now 13. Did you give her the money or did you... We're going shopping next weekend. Bag. Yeah. Shopping. So, so I'm giving her money, but she has to go shopping with that money yeah. with me. So, so uh, she can't go and buy drugs and alcohol. Not but yet. No. But she was telling me some boy at school is doing marijuana. So, so right. <laughs> uh, times are changing, John. Yes. Times are changing. Um, what else? Um, 13, I had five girls stay here the other night. That was fun for you. No. <laughs> as, as I glanced across his bed. No, 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 it wasn't fun at all, John. I was the parent. Right. And the girls, you know what girls do, John? What? They don't talk, they scream. Mm. Honestly, you wait till Felicity's older. Mm. When she has five, thirteen year olds, will you be the parent who has lots of kids staying at your house? Mm, potentially. Mm. Yeah. I, I, I'm into it. I, like, I love having the kids around, they're good fun. But they just scream, man. <laughs> and, and they love the camera on the computer where you can make movies and stuff. Yeah. They love it, they lap it up, which is great. But they'll be up to like four, like two in the morning. Like, ah, my shirt up. So I had to turn the computer off, got out of bed, went out, did the great, the angry great dad. Yeah. And walked out. Had to put a towel around me, so because you know only money's yeah. on. And okay, shut up, you kids. Turn the computer off, put a password on the computer so they can go back on it. Uh, you get no sleep. No so. password. Yeah, no password on the computer. So did that. Um, went up to Auckland for the weekend. That was good. Um, Porno's gone to Australia. No. Oh, one thing we're doing, just quickly, and then we'll wrap yeah. it up. Yeah. Slam I Am mm-hmm. and, and uh, Porno and Fraser. Uh, we're going to start playing Sunday Night Risk on the computer. 
Right. Because you get a program on the yeah, computer, yeah, and we all yeah. get together and we get more message and stuff. Yeah. First game last weekend, uh, pretty tough game. Mm. But guess who won, John? Porno. No. No, Slam I Am. No. Duncan. No, that's Slam I Am. Okay. I took it out. Fraser. Yeah, no, I took it out. I, uh, I, I won a convincing victory. Right. Um, so if you ever go to war, John, yeah. come to me. Okay. Because while I'm spiritual... I'm also a battle warrior. Fighter. You're a yep. fighter. I'm the spiritual warrior. That's my nickname. Spiritual warrior. <laughs> okay. Well, this, I think this could be the longest show of all time. Close. How long have we talked to you the word for? About, I think she, she did close to half an hour. Mm. Mm. Okay. Okay. I'm Russ. I'm Indo. Train hard. Train smart. Kia kaha. kaha.